Sound Breakdown. I'm sitting here with some of my friends, cracking open a nice drink, yeah, cracking open a cold one with the boys, getting comfortable tonight for discussion about comfort and the crisis we find ourselves in. I don't know. That was that was about as is that's that's all that I had this time around. I'm I'm only <laughs> judging you on the inside, Josh. <laughs> yeah, not okay. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm glad it does. It's not seeping through in uh, the the looks that I'm getting here through the digital camera. Uh, my name is Josh. I'm your host for today. Co-hosting with me is Mr. Nate McKeever, and today we have a special guest with us, Mr. James Roberts. Welcome Hello. to the show, good sir. Can I call you Jimmy? Uh, you okay. can call I'm me whatever you want. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. If, if you were going to go with it, I, I was going to say exactly, but it's gone now. The time is time stopped. Oh, you ruined I, it, Josh. Good you did. Job. I just stepped all over that. I'm sorry. Oh, man. No, but uh, yeah, so we. Th- this is a bit of a uh, deviation, not a terrible one for us, uh, but we're actually going to be talking about a book. That James put on my radar, and then I bullied Josh into checking out. Um, <laughs> but so it's the Comfort Crisis by Michael Michael Easter. But before we get into that, uh, James, why don't you take a couple minutes tell so tell the listeners tell us a little bit about yourself? You know, you know, we we've obviously interacted with you through some of the different reform Facebook groups, like mm-hmm. pr- probably primarily TRG. So, but yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself, James. Uh, I'll be honest, it's probably not a whole lot to tell. Uh, so I am getting to the ripe old age of 40. For the past mm. 40 years, I've been living uh, on the West Coast, or sorry, on the East Coast, and now I'm on the West Coast for the past two yeah. months. been a Christian uh, for, I, I want to say, a vast majority of my life. Um, I, I'm one of those weird people who doesn't exactly remember a date and time, so I, I hope that doesn't keep me out of heaven. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> um, but no, I, you know, grew up with godly parents, godly family, mm-hmm. um, moved up to the East, moved let's see, from Lynchburg, Virginia. I don't know if any of y'all have ever heard okay. of Liberty University. Moved mm-hmm. from down mm-hmm. there to Northern Virginia um, to get a wife. It worked. And um, she brought me over here to Nevada. And I am loving it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and I think I've been a member of the Reformed Gamers on and off for the past, I don't know, four years, maybe, ish, three, yeah. I don't know how long. Yeah, um, we we were talking right before we recorded, and you actually participated in the original Backlog Golf, and you were mm. one of many casualties who just got sort of run over by the bus that was Backlog Golf. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and we've all, I, you know, you and I, James have sort of been Facebook friends, you know, for a number of years and, uh, the last couple of years, especially I've noticed that you sort of, you've been doing these, you, you post a lot of like what you've been reading. Mm-hmm. And so the, the thing is you posted about this comfort crisis book and you actually sort of threw out a bit of an offer and said like, is anybody else willing to like want to read this with me and talk about it? And I was like, yeah. And then the more I read it, and this may seem like a little bit of a stretch, but yes, this is primarily like a video game podcast, but we also talk about things like physical fitness and the the topic of stewardship is Mm -hmm. uh, really important to us um, because 
just the the issue of like managing time and using time wisely um is 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 pretty critical i think for the christian life and it's it's one of those things that as a hobbyist it's really easy to sort of lose sight of how much you do need to sort of be aware of these things and i guess overall like what i i just found this book to be an incredibly grounding experience and sort of hmm. It reminds me of uh, when I, I was actually overseas in, uh, I think, 2003, 2004, and uh, I was part of the first wave into Iraq. And th that time, I tell people, it's, you know, I'm sort of like being poetic and whatever, but I'll tell people, it's like, that was actually in all the grit and dust and filth of Iraq in that year, like a lot of things actually became really clear. Like I actually found a lot of clarity and this book reminded me of that um, mm. and just sort of like how throughout, throughout the, the book, it, 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 there's a lot of challenges and a lot of really interesting data, but we will get there. I, I'm just like, yeah. you know, so Josh, uh, it has been two weeks, my friend. It's oh, that's true. It has been two it's weeks been since two, we, two weeks since I talked um, to you. It's been two weeks. It's been, <laughs> um, Every time, and every time, every time I'm gonna. Every time I'm gonna. I understand that reference. Yeah, uh, Josh <laughs> hates it, and uh, I, I kind of low key just love putting him through that. Um, <laughs> That's a, yeah. I, I fill the 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 episodes with dad jokes, and so he fills nice. it with bare naked ladies. <laughs> and you take other people's chances to do dad jokes too, apparently. So, oh yes. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right he, in felt there. That, oh. he felt that one coming oh. and he was like, no, <laughs> just swatted it down. Um, but, uh, so it's been two weeks. Uh, I'll, I'll sort of, I, the, this last week was actually my first week on the new route. I ate lunch yes. in my own house pretty much every day. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of rad. House lunch. Um, house lunches are pretty sweet. Uh, using my, like, and again, I know this has sort of been like a joke, but using my own bathroom instead of public restrooms is awesome sauce. I'm just saying, like, mm -hmm. it's uh, don't underestimate the, the the glory of using your own, you know, <laughs> filth room. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, as as a former trucker, I suppose that that makes it even better. You know, you're oh, just dude, moving on up just in the like, world. I'm a, I'm like I I go home and I use my own facilities. It's glor <laughs> glorious. Um, <laughs> On, on a sad note, my dog almost died because Ooh. she does this thing where she likes to chew books and okay. dust covers. And I ordered a copy, a physical copy of the Comfort Crisis. Guess nice. what she managed to chew? Oh, oh no! Just the dust jacket, but I was still very okay. angry. Okay, I was still dis a, disheartened. That doesn't sound very comfortable. No, but, but I guess that's probably better for the book in the long run, right? Yeah, I mean, it's getting rid of the the unnecessary sort of frills. Mm -hmm. It's it's making it a little more rugged, um, <laughs> sort of making you know toughening it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. But how how have your two weeks been, Josh? Oh man, uh, it's been good. It's been my so my wife actually went out of town with my daughters two weekends ago, not this past weekend, but the weekend before. And so it was just me and Ollie. And I don't know that that's ever happened where it's just like. The two of us hanging out so it was it was a pretty cool weekend we went hiking which was fun then we went to my parents house and helped uh my dad trim the trees well i trimmed the trees and then my dad and, and 
my son like hauled off the the cut branches. Um, that was something I I had gotten a pole saw earlier in this mm-hmm. year, and I had worked on our trees, and so I was like, you know, the last time we were over at my parents' house, I was like, they need some tree trimming too. I should go do that. So, and also part of it, and I know this is totally like taking away, you know, the biblical principles, like do something, you know, when you go and and you, uh, you you're getting rid of your own reward, man. Yes, exactly, exactly. But part of the reason that I I wanted to to do that. I mean, like I had been meaning to do it for a while, but part of the reason I wanted to do with Ollie was like, you know, we have all this free time and I wanted to just show him he's only six years old. You know, it's not like he'll probably forget it, but regardless, I wanted to show him like, no, when we have free time, like we should be trying to bless other people, not just sitting at home and, you know, watching TV and playing video games all the time. There was plenty of that also, actually, which 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 is kind of funny because he's not one for video games, really. Um, but he got into Mario Kart. Uh, is it live? Is it tour? I don't know. The the mobile game from my sure. brother-in-law. He's played it on his phone before. So now he plays it on my tablet. And, and he's kind of gone down this rabbit hole of like we pulled out the Wii U and I pulled out um, a few different games, but I wanted to show him the Marvel superheroes game. And he liked that. So then he was looking at other games that he wanted to play. So anyways, it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of cool. Cause at six years old, he's never really been interested in video games before. It's like, it's something that his dad does. And occasionally he'll watch me, but it's like not that big of a deal at all. But now he's like thinking, Oh, I can play this too. This is fun. I, I can get, I want to play this. this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like proud dad. What have I done? Oh no. <laughs> so, oh, no. you love it. I do love it. My <laughs> wife just chimed in from the other room. What are you talking about? You love it. I do. It's true. Um, yeah. Hopefully, How about you, James? nothing uh, like me. Anything of 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 interest over the last couple of weeks? Uh, not really. Not really anything huge. I had a uh, I, I had a, a wife free weekend, which I'm not going to say I loved um, because she's a huge. You know, she. I love having her around here. So, uh, but it was Smart me uh, taking Smart care of both the kiddos. So um, that's what made me miss her even more. Mm-hmm. So she went. She was able to go to a to a bachelorette party, uh, a rated relatively mm-hmm. PG one, um, which is pretty cool. So uh, she got to go away. It's literally the reason we moved over to the West Coast was to be around family. And so she's been seeing she's been seeing her cousin probably more than she has in her entire life mm-hmm. in the past couple of months. It's fantastic. Nice. Very cool. Very, very cool. I read a lot and, and uh, uh, played. No, actually, I didn't play. Did I play? I played a little bit. I watched mainly and read. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, nice. speaking of playing things, I Hey-o. think let's just jump right back into the backlog report. I do have my report. I have something right here. This is actually just a prop. It's fully worked. Um, fully worked. Well, James, since you're our guest, uh, you can go first. And normally with the backlog report, it's just sort of <clears> we talk about, you know, a couple of the games that we've been playing and just briefly go through that books we've been reading or any other interesting media that we consume. Yeah. This okay. Is the back, awesome. The backlog breakdown after all. So this is like the portion of, okay, what do you have to report on that you've been beating down from your backlog? Fantastic. So I, I don't have a lot of video games that I have I have really uh, gotten into. That's okay. I I played Sable a little bit. Um, okay. Because it just came out on Game Pass, and it's it's a wide open world. Believe me, when I get into something, I'll start playing it for a couple hours. But then eventually, if I do not pick it up after a day or two, the odds of me picking it up just goes down 
way, way down. So okay, I'll, I'll, try, I'll try to play it again at some point. But the main thing I've been doing has been reading. Um, and it's just, it's been fantastic. We, I obviously we finished the comfort crisis. I, I took way too long on that. Um, I typically read relatively quick, but it was just a little bit slower read, but I finished a couple, let's see, I think yesterday, yesterday I finished Calvary Chapel Distinctives by Chuck mm-hmm. Smith. And then I finished today, um, a new translation of one of John Calvin's is something from the Institute's. But it's a standalone thing. It's a little book on the Christian life. I Is it the little have, golden book? I see. That's the thing. I don't know if that's the name of it, but it probably is. It, it's probably that because it's been trained. Is it on sanctification primarily? It's about, um, let me see. I can, I can read you the chapters, actually. I happen to have it right in front of me. Nice. Um, <laughs> but it's scripture's call to the to Christian living, self-denial in the Christian life, bearing our cross as part of self-denial, uh, meditation on our future life, and then how the present life and its comforts should be used, which was a really good chapter. So, Yeah, uh, I but think yeah, it's the little golden book. It probably is. It, it's been a standalone thing mm-hmm. of his, like taken from the Institutes. It's been published on its own so many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- those, are the, uh, those are the main things that I've been doing and now I'm, I'm stuck in that awkward position of having only fiction to read and i i would love to pick up something else but i don't know whether i should just go on through and finish like red wall or mm. whatever uh, i mean well you you read through the wing feather books right i loved the wing feather books mm. so okay. loved them There's now that. i do have i do have the fifth book in the uh in, in the the not trilogy in the series. It's the, the it's, compendium it's called wing thing? feather, wing feather tales. Yeah. It's like to go back and revisit. And I will say I'm not as big of a fan mm-hmm. of those. I think just because I got so sucked into the story that any, you take, you take my favorite story and then you start, you take, take that away and had all these other characters in the same space. It really doesn't do anything for me, but I, it's one I do want to muscle myself through because I do find really cool. And some of them are just, not really engaging for me, but I have a whole mm-hmm. bunch of nonfiction uh, that, that I really want to go through. And I keep it, books for me are how uh, video games are for many people. I will buy three of them and knock one off the list. So, well, unfortunately I do that as well. <laughs> that hits a little too close to home. <laughs> I feel attacked. Um, <laughs> you should feel bad. I, I do feel bad. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Josh, why don't you? Uh, why don't you sort of just? Why don't okay. you go next, buddy? Um. So so just not too much. Uh. Well. Okay. Sorry. We'll start with video games because I talked about video games. Um. We actually busted out. Uh, Ollie was really interested in uh, Yoshi's Woolly World for Wii U. I had gotten to the last world, like the very beginning of the last world years ago and just never finished the game. So he was interested. We played two player and uh, w- you might be hearing a little bit about my experience in an upcoming uh, um, bite-sized episode because there's something about that experience that I wanted to talk about. Um, and, and anyways, we finished the game. It was a lot of fun. Uh, there were certainly moments where he got really frustrated because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's not used to video games and it's the last world of a video game. Um, but I, I was able to kind of knock that off the backlog. And so that was cool. Other than that, um, a tiny bit of Baldur's Gate and some more Neo. And man, I'm really enjoying that game. 
Uh, it was rad, it's a good, dude. It, it's a good one. I just beat the big like fire blob, th- or not fire. You fight it with fire. Little blob thing that that comes up on the on the the water's edge and the pier, um, which is crazy. Anyways, uh, th- that so that's really all that I've been playing. Um, in terms of reading outside of what we'll be getting into in the rest of the episode, um, I uh, finished up Crime and Punishment. That's right. I had talked about that a little bit on the last episode. And wow, that is a really good book. Um, I think I liked it more than The Brothers Karamazov. Um, it, uh, it was definitely more like about the plot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also what Dostoevsky was addressing um, when it comes to human nature, um, but also it was very pertinent for his day and age. Like he was making a statement to some of the social things and uh, th- yeah, just things that were going on in, in his world. And man, really good book. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's it, Russian literature. So you've got the crazy names like uh, Svidrigailov is one of the characters uh, so there's there's the, those kinds of things that throw you for a loop. But luckily, I was listening to it, and so I didn't have to guess at how to pronounce these names. Someone mm. just told me in my ear holes. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And then I did, uh, taking your recommendation, sort of, I did uh, listen through a novella by Leo Tolstoy, um, The Death of Ivan Illich. And that was very good as well. And it's it's kind of crazy. So it's it's a novella. It was like two hours um, for the the runtime mm-hmm. for listening to it, um, and it's it's basically well, obviously, it's about this guy who dies, um, and it's funny because of how like at the same time it is down to earth, but also profound in some of the things that it talks about. Like it actually throws in some comedy, which is very it's it's like a black comedy. I'll put it mm-hmm. that way because of how. Um, what it says about the way that we view death. And so it, that, that was a really good one as well. And then, of course, the comfort crisis, which we'll be talking about later um, mm-hmm. because there's a lot to talk about there. And then reading for school, uh, stuff on postmodernism, which makes my brain hurt sometimes. <laughs> uh, so that's that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's all that I have to report. Yes, according according to my report here. That, that's, all, to that's all that I have. your report that you're holding in your hands. and mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely what that piece of paper is. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what that was. Um, <laughs> what do you have, Nate? As far as games go, uh, Vermintide 2 with my brother and Parker still. Mm. Uh, it, it's fun. We actually just finished the main campaign, um, and we there's some additional content there. I guess I could take the point for that in the beatdown, mm-hmm. uh, but I haven't yet. I might if it, I think when I do, it's just gonna I'm just gonna score it all out when I'm done with the game. Like Okay, I, you going think, for DLCs and stuff? Yeah, I think we're gonna tackle some of the DLC content and then I'll just score it all out when it's done. Um I did start up the banner saga. I was doing that in the Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh I will circle back around to that here eventually. Uh that game's just really it's really charming uh, and sort of like it's like it's kind of a Oregon Trail meets Final Fantasy Tactics with a healthy smattering of uh, Norse mythology and Ragnarok. So mm. it's uh, it, it's 
It's interesting. I like it a lot. Uh, it's a awesome, pretty interesting game. Uh, and then uh, I did fire up Dying Light, you know, because okay. that is technically like our October game. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, that's Spooky Town, dude. It's uh, okay. Nice. It's uh, it's super creepy. Uh, in order to do any of the like the co-op stuff, because you can play through the campaign co-op mm-hmm. uh, with somebody, you have to do the prologue. Uh, okay. But it, I mean, if you're not familiar with the game, it's basically sort of a, a parkour simulator set in a zombie wasteland. Um, okay. There's that's a lot of re- what's that? <laughs> I was joking. I said that's not scary at all. Oh no! That would give no. me nightmares. Uh, it's it's uh. It's one of those things where it's very cool. Um, there's a lot of me, like I'm just like you know you're you're smashing like you're running away from zombies, you're climbing up buildings, but then sometimes you're fighting the zombies too, and so like mm-hmm. you're, you're like smashing them with like pipe wrenches and stuff like that. And sometimes it's like they won't stay down. I'm like, stay down, and I'm just like, it's laying on the ground, and I'm just like clubbing <laughs> this thing in the head. Um, which is not gr- gruesome at all. Um, <laughs> I mean, that sounds more like real life. Yeah, it's so. a it's it's a very cool game. Uh, I'm, but it is there is some like technical like the control scheme is a little interesting and takes a little bit of getting used to. But okay. I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's like I said, it it is absolutely spooky. Like I've died a few times, and I'm just kind of like, what? Like there, I, I <laughs> came across zombies in biohazard suits and it technically they have rabies. Like the, this zombie outbreak is like a very, it's like a 28 days later kind of oh, thing. It's like rage. Yeah. Uh, ah. but it's spooky. And, uh, and, and apparently like when you enter into the night cycle, cause there's a day and a night cycle in the game that some of the zombie behaviors shift. Um, so I'm not looking super forward to nighttime. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, as far as books go, uh, it's been primarily fiction for me the last two weeks. Uh, I had started Howl's Moving Castle by uh, Diana mm-hmm. Wynne Jones. I finished that. Really like that. Uh, it's really charming. It's a very strong recommendation for me. Uh, I, so much so that I actually listened to the second book in the series, and there's it's a trilogy, um, Castle oh, wow. in the Castle in the Air, um, which is fun. It's a lot of fun, and then, uh, but then I on a sort of a different. It's it's fiction, but it's definitely sort of almost more in sort of that literature style of fiction. Uh, it's Invisible Man by Ralph Allison. Okay, and it's not the Invisible Man that you're thinking about. It's a uh, it kind of is Ellison was a he was part of like the Harlem Renaissance. Um he was an African American a black American author. And it's not autobiographical, but I do I do have the feeling like they talked about it in the, this book on the bookening, and that's actually what sort of put it on my radar. It is a fantastic piece of work. There are there is some language in there that we would find that is, is hard to hear. And there are some things in there, you know, because it's being written from the perspective of a black man and 
the some of the white antagonists and stuff like that use. Mm-hmm. Anyways, just things to to be. Um, it is it is kind of a heavier book, but it, I also found it to be just an absolutely enthralling narrative. I guess is what I would say. Okay, um, it's it's one that I'm like, this is very good, but don't come don't come at this thing expecting like a fun little romp. Like this thing might it kind of like it, it's going to put you in a headlock and throw you around a little bit. Mm. Um, <laughs> it sounds like trying to watch the passion. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's like it. Uh, I would actually say that's a pretty. Yeah, it's it, it can be. It's just difficult. It can be very very. It's a difficult. fantastic movie, but you're not going to get grab your your you know your your buddies and sit around and eat pizza and, and drink while you watch the passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not. Yeah, this is not it, definitely not a popcorn movie. Um, yeah. or and this is yeah, this book is going to do some work on you. Mm. It, it it's a like a a very hearty recommendation i'm just saying like come at it with the, like due due diligence because it's gonna it's gonna do a number on you if you you yeah. know um yeah. you, you mentioned his name and that it was a heavy book and for some reason i just googled it to make sure it wasn't the same person it's not harlan ellison this is ralph ellison uh, mm-hmm. harlan ellison wrote uh, uh i have no mouth but i'm a scream and i'm a scream mm. so uh that's that's that is not recommended for anyone who's out there, there's um, a video game based on that, that book that is mm-hmm. supposed to be absolutely bizarre. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, if if you know, you know, but uh, no recommendation here. So, see, but but based on my contrarian nature, Josh, I'm probably going to go read it anyways <laughs> um, because you told me not to. I don't think I've actually read. If I had, maybe I had listened to the audiobook. Maybe that's what it is. It's it's a short story, um, but. Yeah, it's it's basically about uh, people in a sim simula. It's basically like Terminator, uh, robots take over the world kind of a thing. There's like a handful of humans left, and they're all like basically jacked into the matrix, and the robots are torturing them in the only ways, like like putting them in different worlds in um, in ways that are very specific to each person, torturing mm. them because they can mm. like download their brain data. And and so it knows you better than you know yourself, and tortures you in very specific ways. It's uh, it's horrifying, and uh, yeah, there's there's uh, adult material in it as well. So again, not recommended. But <laughs> well, I'll take that. I'll take that uh, <laughs> with a, with a grain of salt. Then, um, but yeah, as far as any other, I I don't know if you guys have seen this at all, but there's that Squid Game has sort of like been making waves on Netflix and in pop culture. Mm-hmm. Megan and I have watched a few episodes of that. It is interesting. Um, <laughs> I almost pushed play on that the other day, but I was like, eh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, it's, let's see. it's not bad. I think it's, it's pretty okay. good. I, uh, we haven't finished it yet. Um, but like, here's the thing. Like Korean cinema has always like sort of like hit me kind of weird. Like uh, Old Boy, I think is Korean, and mm-hmm. that movie is can be a little nightmare fuely. Like there's some yes. really like hard to parse stuff in in that movie. Um, in fact, that whole trilogy, the 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 Vengeance trilogy, um, is tough, and it's not nearly as brutal as that 
but there is definitely some it's just it's it's got some interesting comment commentary about human nature so Mm -hmm. and that's Mm -hmm. like it's it's one of those things i'm like watch it sort of at your own risk like maybe do a little bit of research um it's it's not going to be for everybody it but we're we're and it's not it's not like super gross or super perverse or anything like that (laughs) it's just it can be a little intense it can be like kind of hardcore um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like it's it's interesting that's all i have to like i know that's like the most unhelpful way for me to describe anything ever (laughs) um you compare it to old boy and i am both intrigued and i'm getting like a a little bit of a sickening feeling in my stomach it's not (laughs) it's not nearly as intense as old boy not nearly but like it's like it's sort of like that that's sort of like some of the sauce that it's sitting in a yeah. little bit, yeah. a little bit, like not nearly as like insane in your face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows? I could, we still have a few episodes to go and it could just like turn into like just crazy land. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's like I, the internet has been all a buzz about it and Megan popped it on because it, it was like the, the, the sort of like the, the still that they show or like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then we watched a couple episodes and I was like, okay, like <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I'll keep watching this. Like part of me really wanted it to be a live action Splatoon, but I guess uh, that's just not going to happen. So no, isn't, isn't, isn't train to Busan Korean? I think so. I think Train to Busan. That, is that's Korean. the only one I've seen. Uh, the only Korean mm. movie I think I've ever seen, and that was fantastic. Mm. Super intense. Like yes, lo- yes, lots of body horror movies. and gross yeah. out really? stuff. Oh man, Train to Busan is like it's been a minute since I watched it, man. Like I'm gonna have um, to go back and watch that. I've been looking for movies to like kind of creep me out, but I, every time I get set, I'm like, I'm not gonna watch anything. So. I'm really boring when it comes to that, but Train to Busan actually kept my attention, so I'm gonna have to go rewatch that. Zombie movies are like the, some of the only like horror movies that I can actually deal with. Um, Same here. <laughs> and it's like, and it's not even like the traditional zombie mm-hmm. movies. It's like 28 Days Later and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm into that, and I was even into the premise of like The Walking Dead because it's about existing in this world where you're, you're like. It's not really like a heroic journey of of the normal, like you have the super awesome hero. It's like exist in this world where everything is like super screwed up. And I'm like, yeah, well, I think they put that in tagline or something like that, too. It's like it's not about the zombies. It's about the people in this world that just happens to, you know, zombies happen to be in the backdrop. Like it's it's like zombies are sort of like the 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 threat, um, but it's yeah. Anyways, I I'm into that kind of stuff. Like, uh, but, but yeah, twenty eight days later was or weeks later or whatever that one was. Like that was oh, there's a, the first one. Oh, yeah, the, the equals weeks. Yeah, um, I like those. Um, yeah, they're and, good. But I'm not I'm not into horror. Like I just kind of like. Eh. It's funny. I keep saying the same thing. Like I'm not, I would, I would, I never really seek out horror that much, but there are a few select movies that I love it and it too, the new ones and the old one. 
being hmm. a couple of them. No, and sir. If you if you oh if you've never seen them, oh my goodness, they're no, fantastic. Sir. They're so good. No, and then sir. Netflix has <laughs> <laughs> Netflix has their things, the uh, haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor. Nope. Oh, Hard they are so good pass. too. Oh. <laughs> they're so good. Nice. I, I rewatched them uh, at least once or twice each. They're, they're really good. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe I'll sort of have to. Like that's the other thing. Like I know some people are like, you got to watch it when it's dark, and I'm like, no, I don't. You're not the boss of me. Quit telling me. What <laughs> just watch it. We just watch it during the daytime. Stop. I'm not one to say you have to watch it when it's dark. Well, and it's like, I got I, it. You I, come home from lunch, you watch a horror movie, and then go. Yeah, back or, or, you know, you're eating lunch at home now, right? So yeah, just just take thirty minutes. You know, bite sized chunks. Oh, mm. man. The, <laughs> that is that is the worst way to watch a horror. No, I'm no, sorry. Sir. I'm much more into the experience of turning. But, off but the you know what? If he's not going to watch it otherwise, I mean, that's true. That's true. Well, okay, I'm trying. Baby's okay. first horror. Okay, let's do this. I used to. <laughs> so uh, about the time when I was getting into, you know, and I know we're sort of like rabbit trailing, and I'll, I will wrap <laughs> this up. But about the time I was getting into survival horror, I was actually getting into some horror, and a buddy turned me on to like Japanese horror. And like, dude, that is the deep end of the pool. I I was like, I was like, I'm just gonna jump in. And I was like, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Like, I'm not watching any of this crap ever again. No, sir. No, thank you. Like, the, there's a there's a Japanese movie called The Audition. Um, okay. That I haven't seen that. I'm gonna mark that on my do not watch list. It's <laughs> it has scarred me to this day. Mm. Um, mm. The premise is there's this guy. I think he's a widower. And there's this sort of like practice in, in, in circles where they hold auditions for like fake shows to sort of meet young women who might be potential wives. And a friend of him, his talks him into doing this. Only the girl that auditions turns out to be complete, like completely unhinged psycho. And like, there's parts with like people being chopped up with piano wire and it's really gnarly and it's in my head forever um yeah but well if if you want any horror recommendations just i i i'm a fan of the genre i don't watch it very often because uh my wife is not a fan of the genre but every once in a while i find i find some good ones so uh, and and you're saying Japanese, uh, and and I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. There are some good Japanese. I haven't seen a lot of them, um, but there are some good Japanese horror movies. Um, but some like in recent uh, that have come out fairly recently, I would highly recommend The Witch, spelled with two V's. Um, you should check that one out. The Witch. The Witch. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, yeah, you might crap your pants. Yeah, I'm just. Uh, I'm not. Like I, I don't know, but maybe we'll talk. We'll, Soiling we, yourself doesn't sound like I'm not saying I'm crapping my pants. <laughs> like, like, I, I'm just like I'm. I'm not so into like the like you know soiling myself bit. <laughs> um, but we we have and, and, and with that, let's let's sort of move on here. Um, it doesn't but, sound very comfortable, does it, Nate? No, it's uh, <laughs> if you were actually. You, may be you know what is zone. you know what is really comfortable, Josh? The user experience with Gigi. Um, ah. I'm just going to tell you straight up folks. Like if you're looking for something to 
catalog your backlog of video games to sort of create custom lists based on things that you like, things that you've been meaning to play. We're using it to uh, track basically backlog beatdown stats. Mm-hmm. I have a list of games that I've beaten so far this year. Uh, I've also marked some of them as completed for the additional points. And then, you know, I track all my purchases through, again, the GG app. Just we we love what Charles is doing over there and just wanted to give that a hail and hearty mm-hmm. recommendation. So Yeah. And it's both on Android, on uh, the Apple uh, Store. I was going to say Apple Play Store. Wow. Uh, great <laughs> one. Um, so there, there are apps for both of those. But it, it is also a, a desktop app. If, or excuse me, not a desktop app. A web app as well. If you go to ggapp.io, you can log in from there. So all three places Absolutely. play together. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a neat little service. And we wholeheartedly recommend it that... Uh, Unlike soiling yourself, we don't recommend that. Um, Unless you happen to be in a, a wilderness expedition. I was say, in the Misogi? Arctic or... Yeah, Misogi. <laughs> yeah, if you're doing Misogi. Misogi. That's it, but, that's it, Misogi. But before we get into that, here's a word from our friends. They make good content. Yeah, at least we think so. And hopefully mm-hmm. you'll enjoy it as well. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That, that's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people. That we enjoyed with friends. You laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie! Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy! No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment oh wait wait a minute did you kill mom then i I, i'd rather not talk about that oh i I bet they talk about that on the retro station huh what a classic moment that was when mom died actually most people thought that was a bit of a letdown they made memes making fun of it they they made memes of mom the retro station podcast celebrating all those things that made us nerds and we're back. All right, let's let's jump into this. Now, James, we brought you we asked you to come on to the show because you recommended again, you know, I'm not going to recap the whole story here, but you recommended the you sort of put the comfort crisis in my ear. I ended up listening to it, really enjoying it, actually so much so that I went and bought a physical copy of the book and then I bullied Josh into listening to it so that we could record this episode. How um, dare you? How dare I? I, I got a uh, free trial to audiobooks.com just to get the book in time. I had no idea you it read it. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. But, That's my first time hearing that you read it too. So, Yeah. Yeah. Listen, listen to it at two times speed. But nice. I did it twice. So that's almost the same as listening to it once on normal speed. That's awesome. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. So. I mean, I'm just going to like for anybody who's listening to this, we're going to be talking about The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. You can get it on Amazon, on Audible. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's all over the place. Uh, the The audible version is actually read by Michael <laughs> Easter, who mm-hmm. does not sound nearly as tough when he's reading his book. So I'm, <laughs> I'm still pretty sure he could like kick my teeth in. Um, Especially not on two times audio. That probably doesn't sound. <laughs> probably not. Probably suffering from a little bit of Alvin and the Chipmunks scenario there. <laughs> you know, kind of like... Um, this I thought this was one of the most fascinating things I've read in a long time, and I know that hmm. in a, in a way, he is his thesis is sort of just offering a bit of a critique of the American culture, but the, the, there was absolutely some very interesting data about a multitude of things. You know where he's talking about, like you know being in community. He's talking about the need to actually be able to be alone with yourself. He's talking about spending time in nature. He's talking about doing like they call it edge surfing, but pushing, you know, like there's so many, and it, it's the, the blend of personal anecdote. And then the, this sort of like, and here's the, the data that actually supports this, some of this, these theories and, mm-hmm. and theses, but then it's all woven into this greater narrative of his trip to the Alaskan wilderness. And like, this is one of the first times, like I really enjoyed range by Epstein or Epstein Mm -hmm. or whatever. I had to like come back to that book a few times and actually force myself to finish it. I had no problem. Like I listened to this thing the whole way through and I actually went back and started listening to it again recently because I was so like, it's just such a compelling narrative. So I did want to just say, thank you, James, for putting this on my radar. This is actually- absolutely the one book of the year that I've actually like, like I've, I've tweeted about and I've like been telling people about, and I'm like, this book might be like, and, and, and to be fair, there's some language in this people. Um, There are Mm -hmm. also some ideas that he is writing primarily from like a materialist sort of evolutionary perspective. Uh, Mm -hmm. There might be some like uh, a smattering of like Buddhism or pantheism. Like there's like some pseudo spirituality and stuff in there, but is primarily sort of an evolutionary atheistic materialist perspective. Um, and so the, those parts, I think it are, it's a fairly easy edit in my brain. Cause when he's talking about the human body evolved over, I'm like the human body was designed by a creator to do X, yeah. Y, and Z or to be able to do X, Y, and Z. But, uh, I'm interested to sort of just hear, um, James, what put this on your radar? Like, I know that you, you've been reading a ton. Um, like, you've just been, like, smashing books. How many books have you read so far this year, by the way? Uh, I think 18. Okay. But nice. uh, confession, some of them are pretty small. And I have some really big ones that I have made very little progress on. Well, okay. I mean, it took me, like, a year to read it. I was just going to say, it took me, like, a year <laughs> and a half to read it. So, I mean... <laughs> The, what put it on my radar was just because – so I, I've been reading a lot, but I, if you look at what I read, it's almost it almost 100% either Christian or fiction. And the kind of fiction I read is not – it's not you know bad fiction. It's not – you know I, I don't branch out a lot. I like stuff about – you know, wizards or talking mice or, you know, th- things like that. So, you know, Wing Feather Saga, Lord of the Rings, Redwall. But I also love getting out and rucking. Uh, rucking is the only mm. exercise that I am, I can totally commit to and I can do consistently. Um, and go ruck, I, I'm not 
I'm a proponent. I absolutely love Go Rock, but I'm not, I'm not trying to sell them. But they're, they're fantastic. And so I have a, a Go Rock, you know, rucksack. I have my my little GR1. I've had a couple over the past years, and I enjoy getting out and rucking. Um, wherever mm-hmm. I go, this is the second place now where I once I I come somewhere, I want to try to look up a rucking group. All right, so they're all over the place. You know, just different. You know, there's a rucking group in Northern Virginia. There's a rucking group here in Nevada. So. Um, I try to do that. Well, I start getting notifications. You know how Facebook is. You know, you talk about something, then the next day or, or the next hour, you see it on your little thing. So apparently, mm-hmm. this is really this book is really big in the GoRuck community. And so, in fact, there's an interview where he talks to a couple of the, it, Mike Leister actually talks to like the, the founder of GoRuck, uh, Jason McCarthy, and he talks to the founder of Whole Thirty and and different things like that. So um, it, it's not the typical kind of book I would read. But uh, after seeing, I was like, you know what? It can't hurt. Let's branch out. I, I honestly don't know aside from that, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, there is a, an entire chapter pretty much dedicated to rocking and the go rock movement, um, which mm-hmm. I'm, I'll be honest, I'm pretty interested in getting into. Uh, I, I was a, not competitive power lifter by any stretch of the imagination, but I was a pretty avid weightlifter for years. And when I started carrying mail, that became a lot harder for me to <laughs> keep up with. Um, but the idea of throwing like, you know, like throwing on a 50 pound rock and taking the dogs for a walk, you know, <laughs> I could, that that's something that like, it, I mean, it's hard for me to take the dogs for a walk after walking 13 miles anyways, but yeah. The idea of like, you know, or even just throughout the day, I, cause I've actually been sort of eyeballing some of their vests and just like getting a vest and some of the plates and like halfway <clears> through <throat> the day for a couple hours, just throwing it on while I, mm-hmm. I carry, I, I'm being a little ambitious and I know it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. The the other day after so after listening to this a couple of times the other day I decided I wanted to try this just with an old backpack that I have obviously it's not it's not you know it's not gonna carry a lot of weight but yeah. I just took two uh, ten pound uh, weights that we had in the um, in our garage and just slipped them in my backpack and uh, let me tell you I, I got on, I got on the uh, elliptical and I, I usually do the elliptical for about half an hour and it uh, go wrecked me that's for sure. And that was only 20 pounds. Yeah. So I'm a weakling. It, it makes a difference though. I mean, just adding anything in there, if you're not used to walking with it, I mean, it's, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause you can, and, you can tell your own body weight. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you get used to it obviously cause mm-hmm. you're carrying it around all day, but then, yeah. uh, yeah, you start adding weight. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, what rucking is, it's basically like what I just explained is like, Throw some weight, some weight in, a in a backpack and go for a walk. Go for a walk. Yeah. 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 In the book, he does talk about like the <laughs> the pace that they keep, at least when he does it, you know, when he goes with his friend to go do it, that it's like between a walk and a run and it's very intentional. And he goes for like five miles with like 50 pounds, which is, wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's, more yeah. than, that's more than I did for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, but... And and so for anybody who's been a longtime listener of the show, we do sort of, not often, but we do sort of step into the issues of like personal fitness, um, you know, just diet, sleep. Those are things that are important to us because, y- you know, as much as like we enjoy video games, there is this issue of stewardship. 
And part of that is being a good steward of the body that you have been given. And so this, this book, there are a lot of like really interesting health things. Like I'm just going to like out level, like with everybody for the last week, I basically have been fasting till one o'clock. Like I, that's about the time I get to the house and that's when I eat lunch. And that's the first thing I eat all day. Like I drink, I have a couple cups of coffee in the morning. I drink a little bit of, I drink water throughout the day. And then when I come home, I eat a sandwich or two, maybe like a handful of chips, like a piece of fruit, some, you know, just something like I eat a little bit of food and then I go back out to work. But like that actually comes from some of the, like by some of the data that he covers a very broad range of stuff. He covers some of the intermittent fasting. He covers um, just watching like caloric intake and watching what you eat. Mm -hmm. There, there were a few things that stuck out to me because there is so like, this is a book that is very dense. Like James, you said it, you, you, it took you too long to read this, but honestly, dude, there's a ton of material in this. Like there's a ton of material in this book to like sort of parse through and think about. And it's one of those things that like, frankly, if somebody's trying to like action everything, like I would say, like start very small, like a little bit at a time kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but what were some of the things that really stuck out to you guys when you were reading it? James, uh, why, why don't you go ahead and go first and just tell me, like, aside from the, the, the chapter dedicated to rucking, which I'm sure you were just like, you know, all in on, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't mean to, to walk all over James once again, but it's going to happen. That's okay. How That's about, okay. You're the worst. How about we just give like the, the thesis of the book first? Well, th that's and actually then we can talk about the different the different ideas. Helpful. Um, <laughs> well, it, it, yeah. So now, I guess I, the ha I happen to have my unchewed up um, cover <laughs> here in <laughs> case in there case you, you would like uh, me to simply read the front uh, insert or read like about it. my beliefs. Yeah, I don't. I don't have that anymore because my dog <laughs> decided to. Uh, I didn't need that particular comfort. So, <laughs> well, let, let me know if that's what you want me to do, or yeah, if you no, just want to go ahead. Yeah. I, that's a great idea. Okay, okay. So here, I'll, I'll try to use my uh, not too dramatic voice because I tend to to go off and, and do that. Uh, so it says, in many ways, we're more comfortable than ever before. But could our sheltered, temperature-controlled, overfed, under-challenged lives actually be the leading cause of many of our most urgent physical and mental health issues? In this gripping investigation, award-winning journalist Michael Easter seeks off-the-grid visionaries, disruptive genius researchers, and mind-body conditioning trailblazers who are unlocking the life-enhancing secrets of, counter of a counterintuitive solution, discomfort. Easter's journey to understand our evolutionary need to be challenged takes him to meet the NBA's top exercise scientist who uses an ancient Japanese practice of building championship athletes, um, or to build championship athletes, to the mystical country of Bhutan where an Oxford ec economist and Buddhist leader are showing the world what death can teach us about happiness to the outdoor lab of a young neuroscientist who's found that nature tests our physical and mental endurance in ways that expand creativity while taming burnout and anxiety to the remote Alaskan backcountry on a demanding 33 day hunting expedition to experience the rewilding secrets of one of the last rugged places on earth and more along the way Easter uncovers a blueprint for leveraging the power of discomfort that will dramatically improve our health and happiness and perhaps even help us understand what it means to be human. The comfort crisis is a bold call to break out of your comfort zone and explore the wild within yourself. Yeah. 
Now, and too, like there, the, like there was the tagline, like rediscovering your wild, happiest life or something like that. Embrace discomfort to reclaim your wild, happy, healthy self. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that is a little self-helpy. Um, and, but mm-hmm. I, I actually think there's a lot, of, a lot in here. So yeah, it's, uh, there just sort of like, I'm, I actually pulled up my, my copy of the book and I'm looking at, it. uh, when you're mm-hmm. looking at the table of contents, there are basically five major thrusts here are major narrative okay. sort of like touchstones and then the epilogue. Um, so part one is called rule one, make it really hard. Rule number two, don't die. Part mm-hmm. two like is called, yeah, the, the Misogi, cha- the, the Misogi section and all of that is probably some of my favorite really stuff. Cool. Um, but part two, rediscover boredom, ideally outside for minutes, hours, and days. Part three, feel hunger. Part four, think about your death every day. And part five, carry the load. And then the epilogue is called 81.2 years. Um, so, yeah, like, so let's, now that Josh, you know, actually, you know, mm-hmm. thank you, Josh, for. I did it. For, Again. But uh, James, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you tell me about like just a couple of things that like when you're reading the book, like that really stuck out to you? Um, okay. So <clears throat> there's. I think, and I haven't done the math, there's either two or three key things that really struck me. Mm-hmm. The very, uh, the first thing that struck me is this guy talks about some things that I've actually read in other books just this year. Um, I know one section he has a lot to talk about, um, you know, how often we're on our phones and about, you know, the, being on our phones. Well, I just read a book recently by Tony Reinke called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what he said reminded me of that. And it, it's one of those things where I, I, it's neat. I've never really developed a mental catalog, but it's neat reading this book and going, oh, that reminds me of this book. Um, now he doesn't yeah. approach it in the same way. He's, he's not a believer, um, but there's a lot of similar stuff. The other one um, is, I, I think you said, so part, part four is think about your death every day. I read a book by Matthew McCullough, who I'd never heard of, um, but I will be seeing if he, you know, writes anything else, but he's got this book called remember death, the surprising path to living hope. Hmm. And the difference between this book and Matthew McCullough's book could not be more different. Same, Hmm. same, Hmm. same gist of it. Hey, remember your death that will help you live better. But of course in Matthew McCullough's book, it's remember death because that's where you're going. And you know, (laughs) we have hope on the other side. Uh, so it's a little bit different, uh, but but those are some those are the two big things that that stood out to me as far as oh, I remember reading about this. But a practical takeaway for me has been part three: feel hunger. Mm. That was huge. And Nate, I think I told you I re- I recently found out uh, because I haven't had blood work done in years that I'm pre diabetic. Mm. So I'm, I'm a, a relatively big guy. Looking at this book and reading this, I, I'm not going to say it's a cure-all because I don't think it is. But I tell you what, it's helped me realize some stuff that I, I just didn't think about. The, the biggest and the absolute biggest thing is it's okay to feel hungry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really okay to feel hungry. Just because you feel hungry doesn't mean you have to go eat. You feel hungry. Guess what? Here in America, are we really that in that much danger of actually starving to death? Likely not. So that, that has been probably the absolute biggest takeaway for me. I mean, there's so many different takeaways, yeah. but that one is probably the thing that stuck out the most to me and that I've been able to put in, you know, 
a practical application. Some stuff like the rucking, you know, I already, I do that a little bit. I, I, I enjoy it. I love it. And there's a lot of other stuff he talks about, but as far as practical application that I've actually taken and run with, well, you know, like you said, mate, I, I'm not going to attempt everything at once, but I can do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I, and I think the same thing for me is like, I, I've always had sort of like just sort of riffing off of what you've said there real quick. The, the idea where it's it's okay to feel hunger. Like there's a part of me that knows that, but then there's also a part of me that just like has also gotten very used to like because I walk 12 and a half 13 miles a day now. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, I probably burn more calories than most people most days. Mm-hmm. Um yep. and it's like so I I come back and I I justify that. Well, it's like I'm hungry, so I'm just going to eat this and it's like and I've slowly like over the last couple of years you know, I've, I've put on probably 20 to 30 pounds, you know, over the last, you know, four or five years. And it's, I'm not like morbidly obese or anything, but I also have a, I have a history of my dad's a type one diabetic. His, his mm-hmm. pancreas shut down in his thirties. And my dad's mm-hmm. always been a super active dude, super healthy, like, you know, pretty conscientious about what he ate anyways. But when that happened, our family got like a lot more rigid with food Mm -hmm. and Mm. i just have like when i moved out of the house it's like i just ate what i wanted to because it's like well you know you're young dumb kid i think too what's interesting is like you talked about the remembering your death josh and i over the last couple years have both sort of um and our friend wesley as well uh like big fans of of stoic philosophy and one of the key tenets of a lot of the modern stoicism uh is it ryan holiday is that the yep. the, the yep. modern stoic guy? Um, he, it's like there's this phrase, "memento mori." Memento mori. Yep. Remember your death, and, and he or, talks about that in the book. Yeah, and it's it, but it, it's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's like when you're looking at it from a stoic perspective or a Buddhist perspective or a worldly perspective, it is a much different sort of thing. But for for the believer, mm-hmm. that death is mm-hmm. actually sort of like the threshold. Like it's not to you know it's not to say that there aren't scary things about death. Like uh, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of R.C. Sproul, and R.C. said it's not dying that actually scared him. It's everything that led up to the dying that he was a little concerned yeah. about. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think that like that's sort of how I feel about it too. But it's we need to remember <laughs> like you know on the back of my legs I have uh, uh, Philippians I think it's one twenty one for two for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I have Christ's life and death is gain tattooed on the back of my legs. And, you know, it really is difficult at times to keep in, in, in mind the idea that death is a win for the believer and that ultimately Mm -hmm. death will sort of be put firmly, you know, under the boots of, of our God and King. Um, but Josh, you know, any thoughts there on just sort of the stuff that James brought up? Or- well, even even the fact that you're bringing up stoicism, I feel like a lot of um, a, a lot of the stuff from this book I had heard before in mm-hmm. different ways. You, you mentioned even Ryan Holiday. Well, one of the books that I read by him is called "The Obstacle Is the Way," mm-hmm. and that like yeah. talks about this very similar ideas as as this book. This it just takes a different, uh, you know, d- d- slightly different perspective in order mm-hmm. to get there. Um, and I, I did like this book is way more practical if that makes 
makes sense. Mm-hmm. So philosophy, it's philosophy, you know, it's like you think through things and then you put, you know, you find your own application for that. Whereas this is like application, <laughs> like this is just application. Well, it's, but it's, it's like, here's the data. This is what mm-hmm. it's doing. Right. Like, let's make some adjustments and which yes. it is remarkably helpful. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and James, like you mentioned about like feeling hunger, um, the, like if, just being completely honest here, I hadn't felt hungry in a long time until after I read this book. You know, it's it's like, and 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 honestly, even more so. I think a lot of what I would have considered hunger was was more like boredom or or like yeah. I wanted to eat. Yeah, it's not that I it's not that I'm actually hungry. It's that I want to eat. You know, it's time for a meal and or. A, I just want a snack or I see those snacks in our pantry and man, that would taste good. I'm going to get some kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's, yeah, that's not hunger. And so just, just like being, uh, that was going to say hit over the head with it. That's not the case, but, um, j- recognizing, uh, one, just the absolute, um, uh, how, how unprecedented that is in, the history of mankind. And again, yes, we're not evolutionists, you know, but at the same time, like we have to admit, like we have an abundance of, uh, of a very like, you know, easy to get, uh, food and and all kinds of, in, in all kinds of areas. And and actually that's probably primarily why this book is written is because of just the modern uh, world that we live in. And certainly it has its own challenges and that's, but that's not what this book is about. This book is about, uh, ways in which the modern convenience has made us soft. And, and, Mm -hmm. um, I, one of the things I I feel like the very beginning of the book, honestly, in the, in the first kind of point where he just lays out, I would say his thesis is understood, but, but he kind of fleshes it out was the most impactful. And then, and then the hunger stuff and the, the, uh, that stuff was, was definitely kind of where I camped out the most, but uh, just the idea of of discomfort. How do I put this? Basically, you increase your threshold for discomfort the more that you do things that are mm-hmm. uncomfortable, frankly. And so if you live a life that is largely comfortable, and frankly, <clears throat> we all do here in America, you know, uh, temperature controlled rooms, um, Oh man, when he went into talking about just like chairs, <laughs> I'm oh like, my oh gosh. shoot, that's crazy. Yes. <laughs> like backs yeah. of chairs are not something that, you know, a lot of people have, or, you know, again, it's, it's somewhat unprecedented. Um, so you think of these modern conveniences and how like, yes, these are good things. And, you know, from viewed from a Christian lens, like, yes, they are blessings from God that we are able to live comfortably. But at the same time, we take that and we make that the norm. So, uh, so we become entitled and man, this just rolls right into video games uh, when we talk about <laughs> video games and entitlement in the, in that whole thing. Um, but, but just in general, like we, our, our threshold for being uncomfortable when he talks about boredom and he talks about, you know, you talked about the, uh, Tony Ranky book as well, how, um, it, our default is to be entertained all the mm-hmm. time and when we're not being entertained like we get antsy you, yeah, know, you don't know like, how to oh. be with yourself right mm-hmm. yes but i know alone with yourself mm-hmm. in my case i get the feeling that i ought to be doing something else mm-hmm. like i ought to be doing something productive when i'm not 
um, there, there was actually, well, no, I, I don't have to go into to that story. But I will say even this past weekend after reading the book, um, I was in a situation in which uh, it, it was it was like a situation with friends too, um, but one in which I found myself slightly bored to what everyone was doing and I wanted to just pull out my phone and scroll and I had to intentionally be like, no, like, don't be that guy. Like, don't be a jerk. <laughs> You're here yeah. to spend time with people, whether you enjoy what we're doing right now or not. Like, no. <laughs> yeah, that um, being intentional thing is, is killer. It's, mm-hmm. I, 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 I re- it was either the Tony Reiki book or this one. I can't remember which, but it, it used that phrase. It's like, it's, it's essentially, you're being a jerk. But mm-hmm. by sitting here, it's, if you're talking to somebody and you, I think it was a Tony Reiki book, you're talking to somebody and they, they expect you are supposed to be listening. Look like you're doing. So when you pull out the phone and you visually tell that person, I'm not listening to you while you're mm-hmm. talking, it's extremely <laughs> rude. It just, it, yeah. and I don't realize that personally, mm-hmm. how, how rude I actually appear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's all yeah. innocent too, it, it, for me, because it's it's like, oh, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm, no, no, I'm, 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 I'm listening. No, you're really not, because you're missing half of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my, you know, I said I didn't want to share the story. In my case, we were at karaoke for a friend's birthday party, and I'm not into pop music, and it was, it was, it was like my wife's, a lot of my wife's friends, and so mm-hmm. like a lot of the music they were, in, you know. Destiny's Child and TLC and Britney Spears and stuff like that. And it's none of the stuff that I listened to, but they were having right. a blast to like singing along to it. And, and, you know, it's like, I'm having fun being with them, but at the same time, like, I have no idea who the song Just is. Just change yeah, the station. Great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like, I had this, like, I, I felt like I really wanted to just pull out my phone. And then I was like, no, like, stop it. <laughs> like you're a jerk. <laughs> Um, yeah, but any, anyways, but just that idea of like constant, um, whether it's, it's comfort or entertainment, we take these conveniences and these things that, that are, I mean, morally neutral, but we use them like it becomes our new normal. And so if we're only ever in this state of extreme comfort and we're never willing to, to be uncomfortable, um, then I would say like it, it actually becomes using the word from the book, a crisis when we're put in a, mm-hmm. a small state of discomfort, you know? So, well, and, and to, to the difference, I guess, between the, the people I'm talking, I'm getting ready to talk about briefly mm-hmm. are that they were kind of forced into it. They didn't have a choice, but I was thinking mm-hmm. about that when you're talking about the more, the more you, you go through, the more you expand that I just finished up reading, um, James do the first time I've ever done a study on James. Okay. And it, it talks about the testing of your faith produces patience, produces mm-hmm. steadfastness. And so you get the same impression that the more you go through this, the more you learn how to go through this mm-hmm. and do to go through it correctly. And so even though this book is not a biblical thing, the fact that you said that just kind of got me, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's absolutely correct. The more you yeah. do stuff and experience going through a hardship, the more you know how to rightly go through a hardship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Like even just the, the idea of uh, Paul, when he says that, you know, I have learned to be content in all things. Mm-hmm. And you think about some of the, Wow, things that Paul had, yeah. to, you know, like, and he lists it off mm-hmm. all the crazy stuff that he went through for the sake of the gospel. Um, you know, being beaten, being stoned like multiple times. Um, and, and 
you know, learning how to to deal with that and praising God through the midst of that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's who we ought to, who we ought to be. That's that's what we ought to strive for. Well, and I think it it's I'm I'm glad that we sort of came here. It's interesting because like when I'm thinking about this, it's like some of these are like practical outworkings of in in a way I would say timeless truths. And like so yes, there mm-hmm. is that like we you know in in scripture there are a few sort of images that were given to sort of address the processes of sanctification of growth of maturity. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, being shaped by the, the potter's hands, uh, being, re, you know, uh, re- refined by fire, mm-hmm. um, you know, pruning the vine, uh, iron sharp, sharpening iron. Mm. Whenever I say that word, iron, <laughs> irony, iron. <laughs> uh, iron sharpening iron. Um, like I say it and I'm just like, I, I'm like, like, I yearn, I, I yearn. <laughs> Uh, that's that Western Pennsylvania in me, iron, <laughs> um, iron, 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 iron. Um, yeah. uh, anyways, but you know, that, that sort of like, these are, these are actually, um, images of conflict, even with sort of like mm-hmm. the, the potter shaping the clay. Like if you've ever thrown pottery and I, I know it's like, it is actually when you get the clay, it's sort of like dried out a little bit and you actually have to get it wet and you tear it apart and you soak it and you smash it together and you tear it apart. It's violent. Mm. And it's up until the moment of actually being shaped. And even being shaped, it's like it's being stretched and pulled and pushed and like kind of forced into Mm. non like into a shape that it it frankly doesn't want to be in, you know? Mm. Um, But when we look at these things, they are the conflict in in some way, shape, or form is at the heart of it, and it is difficulty is there. It's like things are being challenged and removed, and there's pain. Like the the vine feels pain when the you know it gets pruned. The the mm-hmm. the, the fire that is refining the gold is burning out the dross. You know the 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 friction between the two bars of iron like smashing into each other and breaking each other off you know is mm-hmm. that is distressing mm-hmm. and i just thought it was really interesting because there's a biblical truth there and it's not to say that we need to go out there and like actively seek out ways to like you know we we don't want to become mm-hmm. like you know the gnostics or y- you know right um, Here, here's how here's how we yeah. 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 We don't yeah. believe in self-flagellation or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did think it was interesting how, and the, and, and the sort of like, um, as almost a counter, what I thought was really interesting was like the Masogis, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just this talking about these guys, like coming up with like, these ridiculous challenges and really physically pushing themselves. And I think even in the book, Easter says it's like, it's really not like these are physical challenges, but it's actually their psychological and spiritual challenges masked as physical challenge. Because what it's really doing is it's sort of testing and stretching and pushing the internal, like the, the emotional and the psychological and the spiritual limits mm-hmm. in your body is sort of experiencing that. And it, it, it just, it, that did strike me as being like something where it's like, 
I'm probably over the, the next couple of years, I'm going to be looking for ways to like maybe during one of my weeks of, of leave or vacation or whatever, mm. I might just like find something like really weird and just like say, oh, I'm going to just like, do it. Like, I'm just going to like, yeah, I'm going to go try to do this thing. And if I don't do it in this week, well, whatever, you know, yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm, and, uh, just really sort of like something to like, just push at the boundaries because it is like, you know, he talks about like the, the guy talks about like, you know, you have this giant sort of like circle of what your potential could be. And most people sort of exist within this sort of like very tiny little, like, that's it. And he's like, but there's all this space out here where that you could be operating on or at least sort of exploring. Um, and I just really thought, like, I've, I've thought about that. And, and again, this is like way easier said than done. And, <laughs> but I, I was really sort of, I'm really, that's actually something that I'm really intrigued by is like mm-hmm. doing something, you know, sort of, I, and there were so many things in here, like, you know, like you guys mentioned the boredom stuff. Like, yeah, one of the, I'm, I'm a boredom eater. And so that's become mm-hmm. like, I'm like, I'm bored. Like feed me, like, give me cookies, yeah. give me candy. Um, give me something to eat actually. And for the most part, I cut off my eating at about seven, seven thirty. Um, mm-hmm. tonight Megan had the, the great British bake off or whatever on <laughs> and they, they were making like Perfect. biscuits and it was like, uh, we had eaten supper and about seven thirty, eight o'clock I had finished eating. And, uh, it's like, it's like, it's pushing nine o'clock and I'm watching them and I'm like, no, I'm really hungry. So I went and ate a <laughs> yeah. pop. So I went and ate a strawberry pop tart, but, uh, <laughs> y- you know, but I, I think it's just, it's the, the boredom thing for me too. It is this idea. And there's almost like two prongs to that because there is the, like not being able to be alone with yourself. Like mm-hmm. I, I was just actually re-listening to the beginning today and he's talking about a study where it's like they put people in a room and they say, we're going to leave you in this room for a while by yourself, or I can stay in here. But if I stay in here, you have to be like, you're going to be exposed to an electric shock. Mm-hmm. Like, and people are oh, like, yeah. people are like, stay in the room. Give it to me. <laughs> and I'm going like, like for me, like if I'm in that room, I'm like, bye dude. Like peace. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm cool. But that's also something that I've, I've had to cultivate, you know, being a driver a truck driver mm, and then yeah. carrying mail. Now it's not to say that like I, you know, I'll listen to podcasts sometimes and I'll actually like, sometimes I'll call people just to like chat while I'm on the phone um, or just walking around just to, to catch up. And sometimes yeah. that is like more of like this sort of distract myself, but I have gotten in the habit, especially lately of just like, no, like I'm just going to like be quiet here. Sometimes I use some of that time to pray. Sometimes I just spend that own t- that time in my my own head. Um but I think the other thing is like yeah, that that constant uh that constant need to be entertained. I was actually in reading that, I was actually thinking about um my my wife's one niece and she's a sweet kid. Like, you know, she's actually probably my favorite. She'll never hear this episode, so it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Hopefully, nobody else will either. So, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> none, none of the other ones. <laughs> I'm not sure that any of my family listens to this, so I don't care. Um, and even if not, like they're all my favorites. Like I love each one of those. Like it is like they're each 
each of them, I have a unique relationship with all of my yeah. nephews and nieces. Yeah. And, um, but like, I remember a couple, it was like a couple of Christmases ago or whatever. She came up to me and she's like, uncle, uncle Nate, I'm bored. And I looked at her and I said, and like, good, <laughs> good. Like it's, you know, and it was like one of those things where she wanted me to like turn on the PlayStation or put on a movie or this or that. And I just said, no, it's, it's okay. Like, like we're not going to do that right now. Like you can sort of just like sit here, like, you know, read a book, talk to your, your aunt, talk to your cousin, you know, like you can be here in this space with mm. other people without needing to be distracted from the people. Yeah. It's like, essentially. Yeah. And she looked at me like I had grown a horn out of the middle of my head. Um, <laughs> had you? Yeah. Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, but it, it was just like, it was one of those things where, and again, I've cultivated some of that. Like some of this stuff is like, it's some of this book actually served as affirmation for things that I sort of already do. Um, I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. no, this is good. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yes, I'm on the right track. Like somebody else, like there's, there's data and science to back me up here. Um, and, and some <laughs> of it like very much acted as, as a challenge, um, to sort of like, and you know, I go back to that opening sort of, I, I look back at the, the, the year and well, the year in like four months or whatever that I spent being deployed to Iraq. And I look at that time as being very formative and it really did sort of strip out all the, like all the nonsensical stuff. Now there were, there are a lot of issues there. Like I was a very hard young man in a lot of ways, but I, I, I think back on that and I'm like, man, this is actually like, there's some really useful and practical things here. And it's like, I would like to reclaim some of that. Like for me, it's about like reclaiming that mental and psychological and spiritual resiliency, you know, Mm -hmm. and like really like sort of like building a little bit more of that into my life. Because I Mm -hmm. I think too, like, I I just thought this was such a timely book. Like it was like, you know, I think Mm -hmm. the the way that James, you put it was like, you said, this book is a good word. And I, Oh yeah. It's it's, it's a word in due season. Yes. this, This was exactly what I needed when I needed it. And, and honestly, I think this is a book that is just like, this is the kind of book that is much needed in our culture. Like this is a, a mm-hmm. call to sort of like, you know, even though Michael Easter is a pagan, mm-hmm. like, man, he's, he's like hitting the truth on the head. Like there, and again, this it, it is just one of those books where there are so many good things in all of this book that it's, it's just like every, every chapter I listen to. I was like, no, this has like, this speaks to me on this level, like every little bit of everything. Get out of my head. Like, <laughs> it's like, quit attacking me. You're making me feel bad. Um, <laughs> but it, I just, I, I was just so sort of like blown away by just, and it's just like how broadly like, and, and just sort of all encompassing. And it, obviously it's not all encompassing, but like, like every time I'm listening, like every chapter, there was something interesting for me to sort of glean and which mm-hmm. is also sort of convicting because how often do I come to the scripture and being like, no, there is something good for me to learn here that I need to like hold on to and, and let shape me. 
And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like, let, let, let me reread that just to make sure I got everything I needed. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, and, and now that I'm, I'm saying, I'm like, man, uh, I kind of suck. <laughs> but <laughs> but it, I just, yeah. you know, it is one of those books that uh, I just absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, we, we've mentioned how you do want to, like, you shouldn't try and implement absolutely everything in the book but i do also appreciate how he both um backs up and and okay so nitpicking you can say okay well he you know the 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 studies that he cites were only uh basically looking at a single variable and you know and and equating it to to this one Mm -hmm. certain thing okay whatever i mean there you can you can critique certain things but in the same vein i appreciate that um the things that he sets forward are not uh are not complicated i'll put it that way so like i would say probably the most the the thing in here that feels the most like um, oh gosh, I can't think of another word, but this is way too strong. I'm just going to say it anyway. Of, of like the closest to shilling something is is like the chapter on Go Ruck. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, like the idea is carry something. It's not, you know, it's not like go buy this expensive backpack. Right. It's like, this is a way in which you can go carry something and hear the benefits of that. Um, mm-hmm. So even, even like when we got into, or I say we, when he goes into um, the idea of hunger and the idea of, of fitness and, and of course you have to talk about like what you're eating and the guy that he talks to is basically like, yeah, if you can eat it, it's food. So just watch your calories is, is basically what it boils down to. And that was like refreshing to hear um, because I've, you know, just, just, you know, being around, listening to different things, you do hear a lot of, oh, well, this is the, you know, the secret sauce that, that our current diets are not adding in. Yeah. You're never allowed to have this this and you have to eat more of this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, or the, or the flip side, like this is the, and, and he actually called out this word in the book. This is, you know, the toxin that you're putting in your body kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and some of that may be true in that you overindulge in certain things. You know, he even talks about how like refined sugar is something that's, again, unprecedented in you think of mankind's history. Like is not something that was readily, as readily available as it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of question, like, is this really that good that, you know, you're drinking multiple cans of soda with, you know, tons of sugar in it? Kind of, kind of a thing. Yeah. This, but it boils down to, like, just eat things that are not so calorie dense that will fill you up. You know, just just watch what you're eating. Like, pay attention to what you're eating. Yeah, even before calorie counting, he actually goes into, if you would just pay attention mm-hmm. to how much calories are in your food, that alone is going to help, you know. Well, so. and- well the thing... Yeah, go ahead, James. Go ahead, uh, so I was going to say the thing. I, one of the you just brought up a really good point. It's one of the things I thought was extremely interesting. Yeah, he was talking about what fills us up versus what has the most calories, and he goes, mm-hmm. you, know, "You take a head of romaine lettuce, all right, this huge thing of romaine lettuce, but how much fuel does it have in it? Not much. And you think something, you take something calorie dense like olive oil, you know, a tablespoon mm-hmm. of it has 120 calories, and he's like, the sweet spot is somewhere in the middle of that range." 
Yes. You have to have some, he said, your body knows the difference. He said, you have to have something that gives you the energy that will also fill you up. He said, could you get by all day with eating several tablespoons of olive oil? Probably, but your body knows the difference and you're going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. And just in the same way, you keep on eating and eating and eating this stuff that might fill you up, but it doesn't have the energy. So you're going to be drained. And, mm-hmm. you know, like just the sweet spot of it is, is in the middle. I mean, and, and, and Reese's are there somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and even the olive oil thing, because he talks about potatoes and generally in my mind, well, potatoes, mm-hmm. I love, I flip and love potatoes in pretty much any form. Um, but I always think, oh yeah, it's a starch. It's pro- it's not good for you kind of a thing. But he even talks about how like, no, they're fine. Like they, they are good. It's just, don't eat only them. them in oil. You're eating a lot of oil with that, you know, it's like everything yeah. that you put on it is, is the bad stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, it's the French fries that are bad. An actual potatoes, pretty good for you. Well, yeah. And filling. The the thing that I, I thought was really interesting is when he's talking to the food guy, he's like, the, the, the guy's really approach to it is actually like he has these clients that come and they sort of, he, he helps them sort of develop these strategies for, because they basically have bad relationships with food. Like one, this is the same guy that looks at his clientele and says, it's okay to be hungry. Um, you know, it's okay. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't need to eat just because you're hungry. Um, but then on the same, and he's like, yeah, you know, you can eat like 8 million heads of lettuce and you're going to be super full, and, but your body's not going to really have the energy it needs. And it, but he like, people are like, well, I want to eat this. And he's like, well, go ahead and eat that. He's like, but just make sure that you stay within your caloric limit. Just make sure you track it. Yeah. And then when it's like, people are like, well, I'm eating X, Y, and Z, but um, it's not very fulfilling. He's like, okay. Like he actually gives his clientele the opportunity to like come to those decisions on their own terms, which I thought was like, right. I was like, dude, (laughs) that's brilliant. Like Mm -hmm. that, because like, that's, that's actually, that's where the, 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 it's going to like, that's the actionable thing. It's like when that person sort of like Mm -hmm. gets into their own head and says, well, yeah, I'm, I'm eating this ice cream, but I can have this one bowl of ice cream. And then I have to like, I can't call it quits. Yeah. I can't really eat dinner or Mm -hmm. much else or blah, 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 blah. Or it's like, yeah, I can eat this huge salad and I'll have this, this caloric deficit. And it's like, it is about sort of like just paying a little bit of attention to what you're eating. Like, mm-hmm. y- you know, and I just thought like, even in that, it was so refreshing to hear some of this stuff where it's like, it's like, eat what you want. Pay attention to what you're eating though. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you don't, because you don't, there's a way to like, y- you know, a, a lot of the way that we look at the world and, and just in looking at sort of how the world interacts with everything. There's just idolatry sort of just swims up everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's like, there are times like gluttony is ultimately an idolatry of the appetite. It's like, it's like mm. this, this is the thing that I must obey that I must sort of like turn my, all my energies into is, is sating myself. Um mm-hmm. And, but there's also just as an unhealthy sort of like, we're seeing like eating disorders, uh, you know, in young women where it's like, I can't eat anything. I need to be skinny. I need to be this. And so the, yeah. the reality is like food, 
biblically is always seen as a good thing, but it's a good thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and the danger is when that good thing becomes the God thing. And yeah, it's just mm-hmm. like, this guy is just, he's, he's actually just trying to give people like a better understanding and a better tool set to enjoy a good gift from God. Now he's not looking at it that way, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> but, or yeah. maybe he is, right. I don't know. Like, but you know, the, the only, I did question, I, I, I'll talk about it later. No, well, go ahead. Well, so th- there was one point, I, I, I think I made a note. I, I was trying to figure out, like, is this guy Catholic? But I don't think he is, and here's why. He talked about, um, you know, all these different uh, spiritual gurus, one including Jesus. And he talks about how they, mm-hmm. yeah, he's even, what was this, the world, had the desert fathers and mothers, monks who in the third century left civilization, let alone the Egyptian desert. We had the Buddha who around 540 BC bailed from uh, the wealthy palace grounds to roam the open world as an ascetic. Even Jesus spent 40 days wandering the desert, which I made a note, I kind of grimaced when I read that, but um, you know, he prayed and fasted and resisted the temptations and promises. Of that part right there, I was like, uh, nope. that was the only part I was like, that's, that's, that's not a reason. <laughs> that's that's actually not why he did that. But okay, exactly. I literally wrote. I wrote that. I was like, nope, that's not why. And he actually went to be with somebody. But, um, but something mm. in here. There was a mm. question a little bit later, and I thought I underlined it, but I guess I didn't. But he said it's the reason that we give up something for Lent. Mm. But I, in retrospect, I oh, think yeah. it was more mm. like I think it was more like we, as in we people. But I. I, I didn't, I thought that was odd. And so I was, I, I started wondering mm-hmm. briefly if maybe the guy was Catholic, but I, well, I he might have been raised Catholic. It, I mean, like he could have been, yeah. I mean, even uh, within a lot of non-Catholics who yeah. do Lent. If, if so, it would have been yeah. culturally yeah, exactly. Catholic because yeah. he talked about his upbringing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, the lack yeah. thereof <laughs> of parental. No, they, they were, they were there. They were just also in prison a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did talk about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that, that's that's the only part of the book where I was like, nah, when he was talking about how Jesus, well, even Jesus was this manly dude who went off to be by himself. Well, Chill with those. He he relegate he does what the world does is he just relegates mm-hmm. Jesus as to just another really good example, another really good teacher, etc. Hashtag yeah. get another prophet. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, it was yeah. just, but it, it is just one of those things where. You know, I think as a general, like, yes, Jesus went into the desert for multiple reasons. And it's not just like, you know, battle worldly temptations. You know, there there was actually, you, you know, mm-hmm. a lot more going on there. Like he yeah. was the obedient Israel in the wilderness. You know, he did not, he mm-hmm. was tempted. He mm-hmm. suffered. And, you know, those 40 days, you know, of the fasting and relying on the Lord's provision and everything else, um, or the Father's provision, rather. But it's yeah. um, it's just, you, you know, you, you see, th- yeah, I, I, as soon as you started talking about it, I was like, I know exactly <laughs> where he's going with this. Because that was the very moment where I just went, like, the, the, I, I was just like, yeah. it was almost like somebody took something really nasty and just smeared it right underneath my nose in that moment. I was like, oh, yeah. No, no, that's yep. actually not what happened, but that's cool, bro. Like, yeah, good story. Yeah, it's like, neat story, bro. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I, it just, it, it, 
man, I just like, I'm just so glad you put this book in my ear, James. Like I really am like, this is like one of those things where like, I am very grateful for the providence of, of, and the timeliness of this book, because like I said, this has been one of the most interesting things I've read all year. Um, and it's, I, I don't normally get into like, I've been recommending this book to a ton of people where I'm like, no, this thing is an exceptionally challenging read. Yeah. It's like, check this out. Like, cause even if you walk away, mm -hmm. I feel like there are a few things where I'm like, ah, I don't necessarily know if I agree with where, where Easter lands or where, you know, he's taught. Cause he like, and that, mm -hmm. that's the thing that I love this is like, again, there's a sort of through line of the Alaskan wilderness hunting trip. Right. But then there's all sorts of like these anecdotes that weave in and out of that. And then there's data and sort of, it's it's one I actually really just appreciated the craft of this book um mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's a, it's just a very entertaining read in the sense it's a bait that, and switch is what it is yeah but it's but it's but it does really <laughs> yeah. really really good at it and it, it's I was, really good mm -hmm. i was like I was into all of it. I was into like the weird little anecdotes and the data and the studies and everything else. And then he'd just be like, oh, and here, here, like, and just as I'm sort of like, okay, okay, okay. He's like, and back to Alaska. And it's like, like I was like, mm -hmm. okay. Like, and then like, I'm really getting into like, he's talking about like, you know, like them following the herds and, and, and stalking the herds and everything else. And then it's like, boop, Speaking of stalking. Like, anecdote and here's some stats and here's a story about blah 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 and i was like okay like and the whole I, time i found myself going yo what's gonna happen to him today yeah <laughs> yeah that's, that's what i was thinking yeah. <laughs> let's I, I really want to see how that trip went oh but this isn't my sideline yeah and it was like and mm -hmm. and i just thought it was just one of like just even on a a level of craft this was an immensely mm -hmm. satisfying book like yeah, he's got some real chops and I'm, I'm half tempted to look around and like, maybe look at some of his articles now. And I just was, mm -hmm. I was just, this book tickled me and just, I was just like, no, this is mm -hmm. awesome. This is, I just, oh, you know, it, I, I, will, I will say, look, no, sorry, go ahead. I, I'm really good at interrupting. I apologize. No, it's all right. Um, I'll, so I'll forget if I don't say this. One, one of the biggest things I appreciate, and I think we've kind of all talked about that, uh, talked about this. Nothing he says or, or or recommends is too far above you. It, mm -hmm. It's not like what mm -hmm. far out thing that you can't even imagine or can't even envision. It's like I, I think Nate, you said it was practical, and Josh, you mentioned. You, I think you mentioned something similar, mm -hmm. but it's not too far above me. It, it's not that far out of out of right. my imagination that I could actually do some of this stuff. Um, I mean, I mean, mm -hmm. just simple, practical stuff. Okay, for example, <laughs> don't sit on a couch. I mean, I know he's not saying don't sit on a couch, but little things that you can do. It, and, and everything is mm -hmm. so um, – he put it out there really well. You know, he, he, here, let me tell you about something. And, and, okay, well, that doesn't make sense. Sure it does. Here's why. You know, the pe people, the people, mm -hmm. people back in the day um, being not hugely heavy, okay? And he, he talks about how I think – they didn't have couches. They didn't have all these different things. And so when they're squatting and sitting on their feet like that, you know, in like a squatting position, they're having to balance their core gets involved, all these different things. It's like, Oh, mm -hmm. I, I could do yeah. something like that. And I did for about five minutes after right. reading that part and then decided not to, but 
but <laughs> yeah, you know, it's so right. it's easy to understand. I like that. He, he's not he's not mm-hmm. talking down. Well, and right. Even sort of like circling back to the Masogi thing, like part of the the whole thing is the potential for for failure. And it's like almost like mm-hmm. how like that failure actually becomes a bit of a learning experience and there's growth even in the, and again, I know I'm sort of like, I'm sort of spinning this off into a slightly different direction, but it's like, even in there, it's like, okay, like, so like looking at the squatting thing, like say you did it for like a minute and then you're like, ah, this is not, does not feel great. What if you come back to it the next day and you're like, okay, let's mm-hmm. go for a little bit longer and a little bit longer and a little bit longer. And like, like the, and that's the, the thing is that he talks about like the, the process of living and growing mm-hmm. and stretching. Um, and, and we've talked about it too. It's like, there's this idea it's like, we've talked about like the discomfort sort of like how, as you sort of, sort of press into that discomfort, mm-hmm you grow a little bit like, you know, and you can sort of handle a little bit more. And like we would say it cultivates patience Mm -hmm. and long suffering and things like that. But it's also like the more you press into the comfort, the tighter that sort of comfort, like the, the, the experiential sort of sphere of comfort actually becomes because the things that Mm -hmm. were comfortable no longer are as they're they're not perceived as such. Like there, there's so many things. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you have it so good that eventually it's like, well, and that becomes sort of like the baseline gets raised up and up and up and up. And pretty soon things of earth grow very dim. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, man, like I'm like, I'm just, there's so many, like, I guess what, what's, sort of interesting is like for the believer, especially, I think this book is going to sort of like put a lot of like really practical truth to things that we've sort of spiritually, like we can acknowledge, well, like, oh yeah, suffering produces long suffering and, and patience and, and helps me to, to grow. But it's like, like understanding that that that's part of like the and again he uses the evolutionary atheistic materialist sort of perspective but understanding that that's actually part of the the psychological design of the human mind and that god built that into people like is Mm -hmm. fascinating like this is the kind of book that Mm -hmm. you you know when you sit back and you take it with the right perspective it's like man like i am fearfully and wonderfully made yeah, I think what mm. it is very interesting reading some of these books. And Tony Reinke's thing was very similar. You look at the data and you look at the way people are wired, and it is crazy. I mean, I you know, there's books out there like like your brain on pornography and things like that, and breaking away. And it's you took you learn mm. about how how viewing stuff and and even even not pornography, food or alcohol. You know, it, it builds these pathways in your brain that connect, and all that stuff is so yeah. wild. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, what it actually reminds me of is like when it's like Jesus is looking at the the Jews and he's like, "Oh, you're sons of Abraham." He's like, "I'm going to tell you, even if you don't talk about me, the rocks will cry out." And Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're yeah, and it is like you have these, and and he's doing it in a very pagan way. But like the the truths that I think Easter is talking about in this book really should cause believers to like pause and really reflect. Mm-hmm. And for any non believers who are listening to the, this, this book is fascinating. 
And I believe it will really challenge you. Like, I think honestly, one of the biggest things I, I, I met with a buddy of mine today and we, you know, I ate half a pizza um, well, <laughs> for lunch and uh, yeah, dude, um, mm -hmm. it was gnarly. It was awesome. Uh, lots, <laughs> lots of grease. I'm sure there was very calorie dense grease. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, we were talking and I was sharing with him a little bit about the book. Um, but just how the American psyche in so many ways is just very fragile, very inflexible. And Mm -hmm. how like this book I think really challenges. And this is like one of many books that I think are sort of coming out speaking to this, like just how we need to be able to be a little more robust, a little more, you know, flexible, a little more resilient in just in, in discourse mm -hmm. and everything else. Like one of the, the most interesting, I mean, there's so many interesting things about this book. Like guys, I keep I, doing the same thing. My, my favorite thing, my favorite thing, my, my favorite thing. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is super interesting, but I love that anecdote about the study with the faces and how they have 800 pictures of oh, faces yeah. and there's like really menacing, mm. intimidating. And then there's really nice. And there's sort of like, a and after a certain point, they actually start weeding out the really threatening pictures and people's brains start identifying or manufacturing threat and i was just like oh that is like it's like because it's like this idea like we have this idea that if we eliminate all these big problems like somehow like sociologically psychologically that it's just like things are going to go better and here's like actually like sort of evidence that like, I think even what we're seeing in today's culture, okay, and I'm not going to say like, oh, we we live in a post-racial world or whatever, right? But by and large, a lot of the things, and it's not to say that we've eliminated sin or anything like that. Right. We've yeah. eliminated injustice, anything like that. Like, these things still exist, right? But by and large, we live in a country and in a time where a lot of the really major roadblocks and hurdles that we've dealt with in the past. And again, not saying that these things aren't still problems. You, you know, it's not to say that there, there isn't like racial disparity. Yeah. They're not like eradicated. But no, but by yeah. and large, they are not, they are not nearly as present, but like we, we live in a day and age of microaggressions. Like, you know, yeah. and it's like sort of when you look at like the woke internet culture and it's like, you know, canceling people over like an unseemly tweet or, you know, or, mm -hmm. or even like, like Paul had mentioned how, you know, something like something nowadays, like Disney plus gives out, uh, these warnings before their old movies, uh, you know, so just funny. because this, this movie uses a stare, like, frankly, the fact that stereotyping is racism. Like those are two different things. But nowadays, anytime you stereotype, that is automatically a racist thing and you should you should be canceled for it. Yes. Yeah. I mean these the the threat level has only gone. It's like up we're manufacturing we're finding okay. we're we're manufacturing reasons to be outraged, to be upset, to feel threatened. Mm -hmm. And I just I was like yeah. I just thought like I, I read that and I was like, oh wow. Because there is sort of like we almost have sort of a a utopian sort of 
Like, we're like, if we can eliminate all these problems and like as Christians, like, you know, as I had a conversation with some guys at work and they they were saying like, oh, Nate probably thinks we're awful, blah, 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 blah. And like, listen, at work, I can be real rough around the edges. And I looked at him and said, guys, I'm a Calvinist. I believe everybody sucks. It's not a surprise that you do. (laughs) Like, and they kind of looked at me like I was a bit of a weirdo. Um, It's not you. It's us. You know, but, and I just... What, what's been so funny to me is like, um, you know, and even in talking to my, to my buddy today, we were talking about some mutual friends of ours who have, you know, sort of turned the way of the ex-evangelical. And I said, frankly, I said, I don't have a ton of patience for a lot of it because it's like, oh, all this pain, all this hurt, blah, 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 all the hypocrisy. And I'm like, and like, if, if you really understood the framework, the biblical framework and, and the, the, the theological framework that Calvinism is really a summation of, then you mm. would understand that this is to be expected. And that, you, right. you, you, like, you know, and I said, and it's not to say that there aren't legitimate hurts or anything like that. I said, but I think like we're, we're so sort of like soft and squishy and, you know, just so used to being accommodated that when these things happen, we don't actually possess a framework to be gracious in response and to understand our own complicity in issues and to under, understand mm-hmm. like our own like sort of wicked inclinations. So it's just like, I, I, again, like there's so many like sort of really cool jump off points for this book for me where I'm like, I'm reading this stuff and I'm like, oh, like this is a really insightful sort of examination of this. Like, and, and again, I don't think he necessarily meant it as a critique of American culture, but I think that's but very it was much a critique. <laughs> but it is very much a critique. Yeah. Like I think he was just sort of saying, like, "Hey, here's some problems," you, you know, which is, I guess, sort of like the very definition of what a critique is. But <laughs> I think it was just more of like you know he's coming from sort of a a, a wellness sort of health like. Right. I mean, he writes yeah. for men's health. Yeah. Like that's, that's what he does is like, Hey, here's some things that are going to help you you know, help improve, uh, your health. And in his case, like he opens it up with being very, uh, frank about his upbringing, about his, uh, uh, alcoholism. That's Mm -hmm. the right word. Um, and so, and like he goes into that, you know, so, so he's not like saying, Oh, all you, you know, flat fat slobs out there. Like, no, he, he's like even saying, I'm in pretty good shape and some of this stuff really sucks well, to do. <laughs> I, I love his like little anecdote at the beginning when he's talking about like the fact that like, yeah, I was writing for like men's health, but I was also like basically a raging alcoholic. And I was yeah, like, yeah, oh, well, that's very <laughs> frank, sir. Thank you. Like, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I, I just... Like I said, there, there's that narrative sort of like there's a narrative mastery there. There's also like just a very no nonsense kind of like he just says like ah this is how it is like you know I don't care if you like it or not how it is and I was like I was like mm-hmm. cool like I'm into that yeah and and some of the things that he comes up with I mean it starts on this in this way but uh, talking about you know to, to your point of how like genuinely interesting the book is is there are a bunch of like weird like fun trivia i guess or or things that he does like for instance when he talks about silence he talks about this uh room in orville studios you know which is like 
one of the rooms that, that you can that, that is like the most silent place you can ever be like that's just a fun fact maybe it's because i'm oh, an dude, audio guy i was I totally know. into that but like there's all I'm kinds like, of little i things. want to go into that room like yeah i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. like i don't know how much it costs but i'm gonna make a, a trip and go there it, right like if you start googling it you'll you'll hear all these stories of people who just have gotten like really freaked out and couldn't stand being in there very long um but they talk about how and and he mentions it in the book but i've heard it also from other places mm-hmm. online where like your heartbeat sounds like it's thundering yeah like it is it is super loud and i totally understand that because you know in the middle of the night when you hear something when there's not very much noise mm-hmm. there is some noise in your house and you hear something i don't know especially being a dad like across the hallway yeah. or something like that it seems so much louder than it actually is you it's actually the ways that our ears are made um is that the volume is dependent on context mm-hmm. uh, it's the same reason why you can be at a really loud concert and uh, after you know your ears stop hurting after the first you know five minutes after they get used to it Sounds and helpful. then later they're ringing <laughs> so they have built-in uh compressors well, yeah. basically I, I like how it talked about like how the, the people who last was it a half hour in that room he's mm-hmm. like there's actually sort of like an audio reset where they they stop fil- like there's so much stuff that you filter out and they almost come back to like yep. an overload and i was like that sounds awesome i kind of want to do that <laughs> you can hear your bones creaking as you well, move. He, he literally like, said Whoa. he literally said that this guy had somebody um cured of ptsd mm-hmm there was somebody mm-hmm. who went in there and he suffered from PTSD and went in there and came out okay. Now, I mean, it's, it's one guy out of, you know, how many, but I mean, right. there's obviously something happening. Exactly. Right. And, and I appreciate that that's his point. He doesn't make it sound like, oh, this is go, you know, this is the miracle cure mm-hmm. that, you know, only one doctor has ever, you know, the whole industry is going, I'm sorry, I watch a lot of YouTube, all these stupid ads. <laughs> Um, you know, ridiculous things like that. Like, no, he's not saying this is going to do this for you. He's just saying like, this is a crazy thing. It can be helpful in these ways. Look at what it's done. It makes me want to invest in like, uh, and I, I know that it would be a different experience because it's not like a room, but like the, the sound blocker earmuffs. Oh yeah. Like the, like, Mm -hmm. I just want to get a set and just like, like once a week, just like boop, pop them on for like 30 minutes and just see what happens. Like, well, <laughs> and, and even sort of going off that, like one of the things I did shortly after I, I was reading the book and he talks about just being outside and being quiet and just sort of, I went outside, I put my phone, like I turned my phone face down. I just sat on my back porch and like watched my dogs play, looked out at, at the backyard and just, sat in a chair and just sort of enjoyed creation for 30 minutes without looking at my phone. And it was a little jarring because it's like, like, yeah, even in that 30 minutes, like once you sort of like stop, like, like without all the sort of like the constant barrage of like audio and video input, it's like, you start paying attention to things. Like I was watching the wind, like blow some Mm -hmm. of my, the, the grass in my yard. I was watching like a bird that was in a tree I was like, how often do I not do these things? Because I'm so because it's uncomfortable or because (laughs) I'm just like, like, I'm like, you know, quote unquote busy, like where Mm -hmm. it's like, I've got like a million things distracting me and vying for my attention and just the necessity of like, I mean, in a way, I think that's sort of like, you know, I'm a, what I would call a soft Sabbatarian, 
in the sense that I believe Sunday is a time to sort of put down worldly things. And it's like, you know, in that 30 minutes, like, and that was actually a Sunday that I did that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's something that I would Mm -hmm. like, like to incorporate maybe a little bit more. It's just like 30 minutes on a Sunday, just sit and just sort of enjoy what's in front of me. And, you know, thank Mm -hmm. God for his kindness, but like, don't feel the need to talk. Like, just Mm -hmm. be there, just watch it, just sort of sit in that. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there, there were so many things too, like specifically in regards to just like rest that he was talking Mm -hmm. about, like, and, and part of it was like the sitting in silence, but then, you know, talking about like how, how sleep works and things like that. And he didn't talk about that as much, but I just thought like, and the necessity of like rest and recovery and and some of that, and some of the interesting things that happen when you're resting and recovering, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. I just, I was like, man. I, I just, this is just one of those books that I, I think is just absolutely fascinating. Like there are so many things, like it, it is a book that like, I'm going to listen to it probably several times, you know, um, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to reread it every once in a while, just because there are so many, I think, good practical challenges that it does sort of lay at the reader's feet. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I think actually, um, before we sign up, if if there wasn't anything else that we wanted to bring up, you mentioned one of the things that you put into practice. Well, you've mentioned a couple things, but you just mentioned that you put into practice just this this idea of sitting uh, by yourself or sitting alone for thirty minutes without any distractions. Um, I'm curious to kind of wrap up here. If you could give one piece of practical advice, I mean, you know, just just one thing maybe that you've already incorporated or something simple. We're, we're not saying that everyone should try everything in this book, certainly not all at once. But if there was like one simple thing that you would recommend that someone try in the next week or two, what, you know, some, somewhat originating from this book, what would you recommend as like a starting place? James, why, why don't you go first, man? Okay. We're, we're going yeah, to um, put you on the spot here. That, no, that's, that's perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> so, so backstory real quick, and then, I'm mm-hmm. gonna, then I'll, I'll give my answer. <clears throat> Not really a backstory, but reasoning. Context. So, yeah. the context, there you go. So one of the things we were talking about a little bit ago, about how um, our, the testing of our faith you know, produces patience. The Bible has so mm-hmm. many areas where it talks about how conflict can be good for you. And not only that, not only how conflict, like the iron sharpening iron, all the things you mentioned, Nate, but not only that, but how as a Christian, we will have things mm-hmm. come up like this. We will. Right. It, it, that's, it's, it's a guarantee. It will happen. It intrigues me, and this is one of the things that, that kind of, you know, it was a gut punch in a way. Um, as a Christian, I should be expecting conflict and I should be expecting to be uncomfortable at certain points. And not only as a human race and not only as believers, but me, James, I tend to run away from anything that gives me the slightest whiff of being uncomfortable. And I I have a hard time thinking that I'm, that I'm, you know, alone in that. Um, Mm-hmm. So j- just the idea of being 
uncomfortable. One of the things that I'm very uncomfortable with is <laughs> sitting alone quietly with my own thoughts. I'm always the type of person who's looking for tons of stuff to do. I did, you know, ADD or whatever, but um, at the same time, I'm overwhelmed by choices. So if, if I, I like having a lot of options to choose from, but when you set them down in front of me, I can't choose. So one of the things that I really appreciated was, and Nate, you just mentioned it. I, I think this is a great idea. Taking 30 minutes and sitting outside, no phone, no anything like that. And being able to be alone with nature because you're not just being alone with nature as a Christian, you're looking at all the awesome stuff that God said, Hey, I've made this for you. And, and as a Christian to ignore (laughs) these objects in your picture, to ignore these fantastic mountains out my back window is horrible because they're so beautiful. And there's so many different things that God has given me to look at. You know, there's a reason he made the flowers to be beautiful. There's a reason he did this. It's these beautiful yeah. things. And there has to be a reason for that. You know, as a Christian, we know that it's not just, it's not just a random chance. God said, here, look what I made. Enjoy. And I think I need mm-hmm. to take advantage of that way more often than I do sitting alone and being outside and sitting and enjoying nature is something I don't do nearly as often. So I, I, I think incorporating something like that would be a very good idea. And I, I'm really uh, <laughs> excited to try that out. I'm also going to try to go on a camping trip at some point in the next couple of months. Yeah. Just to get away. Well, nice. and you know what else really uh, adds to that, that 30 minutes if you're sitting there in sort of silence and just uh, a nice cigar or maybe a pipe full of nice tobacco uh, really goes a long way to, to sort of accenting um, the the enjoyment of God's creation. So, so pre pre COVID, I, I did partake and I did enjoy it, and I, I may after a certain point, but it's been I have some old pipe tobacco that's probably just in a little Ziploc bag that is two years old, Dude, you at can, least, and it is so dried out. You can re-moisturize that with a, a Boveda bag or um, like depending on how much you get, like they're, they're uh, a silica sort of bag thing and they, they actually, yeah. their self, like they regulate, That's cool. like you can get different uh, humidity sort of restrictions and they'll, yeah. they'll re- uh, moisturize your tobacco. Now, once it's, I'll have to get a link from you. Interesting. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot That's you. Cool. I'll shoot you a link uh, on. Well, I'll shoot you a link to some of the stuff. Like you can find it on Amazon. Yeah. That's what I use yeah. to to keep all my cigars and everything else. So yeah. But, but but is it really possible to smoke a cigar to the glory of God? Absolutely. I mean, listen, <laughs> listen, Spurgeon. See what I did there? Spurgeon was a Baptist, and he was wrong about a lot of things, including like what we should do with our children and how denominations and the church works. But you know, he was right on that one. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I'll, uh, good. I, you know, since since James took that, go sit in silence for thirty minutes in in nature. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, something just sort of actionable there is like, and, and uh, Megan is much more of an outdoors person than I am. I mean, I, I was like, you know, she likes to go camping and stuff like that. And I don't, um, and I tell her it's because I slept in a tent, a a tent 
for the better part of a year with 18 other dudes. No, thanks. Like I did enough sleeping in tents mm-hmm. to last me a lifetime, um, which is only partially like a tr- mm-hmm. an accurate reason. Um, but just <laughs> like, I would just say like just being more intentional about just being outside. Now I have the benefit of the doubt uh, mm-hmm. or the benef- uh, benefit there, like in the sense that my job requires me to be out in the elements, like, Five, six days mm-hmm. out of the week, I'm I'm out in it, whether it's raining, snowing, sunshine. Windy, sleep. Yep. Like, you know, <laughs> um, all of it. Like but it. yeah, uh, I would just say like, you know, really, like, I think too, he did talk about sort of just being in sort of extreme weather conditions. And I'm not telling anybody to like go out and stand outside in the middle of a snowstorm or whatever. Storm like, chasing. Yeah. There you uh, go. But I do think like, man, like one thing that I've noticed, like I hate rain. I absolutely hate it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, like uh, when you are forced to walk around all day in a torrential downpour, it's like there's a certain level of like just loathing. Um, Yeah. But I I would say like, hey, you know, like just get outside more often. Like where he talks about like the, the idea of like, we live in these sort of climate controlled bubbles. Like if you are going from a house that's 68 degrees to your car, that's 68 degrees to your office, that's 68 degrees. And you know, the, the most, uh, I would just say like, you know, it's, it's, it's slightly different, but like go outside when it's hot, get a little uncomfortable outside, like go outside when it's a little colder than you want. And like, push into that stretch a little bit. I, I think like those are sort of maybe some easy ways to sort of push at sort of expanding your threshold. There really are just so many things or, you know what, here's one like, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of us carry around bags or backpacks, like throw a couple sand mm-hmm. weights in a bag and go for a walk. Yeah, another practical example based off of that. I will say, I just realized something I put into motion and didn't even, or I put it into practice and I, I totally didn't even think about it. So, it's one thing he mentions in the book. I mean, it's one thing walking across flat terrain. You're walking along the road and all that. Well, I walk around my mm-hmm. neighborhood and we have like, it's Nevada. There's tons of rocks. And so what I've started doing, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't even really think about it. But I was like, ah, I'll do this. Instead of walking along the road, if I find a trail of rocks along the road, I will step on the rocks instead because I know for a fact it works mm-hmm. your ankles, it works your core, your body's compensating. So you don't trip. You pay more attention. It's more, you know. Yeah. But just as a, as a, yeah. that's, it's one pra- very practical thing I realized that I did and I wasn't even thinking about it. Oh, that's so cool. Dang. Well, you guys, man, had like really not only good advice, but also good like backing to that advice. James, like especially you were, ta- you were talking about like you, you had like scriptural backing for what you were recommending. And uh, so now I feel like an idiot because the thing that I was going to recommend <laughs> was just like this simple little thing. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to cheat and I'll, I'll throw in another one here. Okay. So I've got, I've got two. Um, and the first one would be like we mentioned, or I, I guess this is more advice. It's not necessarily quite as practical, but we talked about it earlier, this idea of being mm-hmm. hungry and feeling hunger, like, like knowing what it feels like to feel hunger. And the reason, so that that's more of the practical. Um, the reason I think it's, it's good to cultivate that or to know what that is like, um, in the book, Easter talks about, um, this idea of, I don't remember if he calls it specifically this, but I think you do see this biblical term of, of, of just different seasons, 
that you go through. So, you know, there's, there's harvest and then there's, um, you know, winter and things like that. So, uh, Easter talks about how there are times when there is, when food is more plentiful, you know, for, for people who live out in the wilderness, when food is more plentiful and you naturally gain weight. And then there are other times where food is more scarce and you naturally lose weight. And in our societies, we typically just continue to gain weight because food Mm. is always accessible. And so I do think there is a biblical principle here of, um, this idea of seasons, you know, like, like God institutes, uh, feasts for his people as well. Um, he has the year of Jubilee as well. And these are things that you prepare for and you look forward to. Um, and so I, I think especially that I, I think it's very poignant with hunger. There are times when you are to go hungry and other times where you are to feast. And so I think being, this is almost a paradox, comfortable with hunger, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Or at least knowing what, what hunger feels like and being okay with it and sitting with that for a little while, I think is beneficial. Building, well, he so talks about the building one in a hungry day. Like, mm-hmm. that's like, right. And mm-hmm. I would say like, we, we actually have a, a spiritual discipline that we could, that sort of like the, the, the spiritual mm-hmm. discipline of fasting. And mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like, you know, for them, like there are obvious like biological sort of like results you know, or like benefits to that. But it's also that can be a time mm-hmm. of, of spiritual nourishment and refreshment. That's good. That's awesome. And, and so what that is it? Hunger was the did. best. So hunger is the best sauce. Hunger is the best right? sauce. That, that's, oh, that's I love the, that. Line. I love that, that because when you know what hunger feels like, you appreciate not being hungry so much more. Yes. Yes, or any food that you can exactly. get, get your, your hands, hands on. Including like it doesn't crack. have to be super. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Or a salad. Mm-hmm. I mean, why else would you? Or eat? what is it? The guy said stale crackers uh, that he found after like in this old mice mouse run area. Yeah, he found right. them. He yeah, found them. Like yeah, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, so yeah, th- so that was my more thought out, a little bit more you know, uh, idea. But in terms of just like baseline practicality to practice what this book talks about in being uncomfortable, here's a crazy thing that I would recommend, and I have done this a couple times. Take a mm. cold shower. Start off. You can start off, and this, this is what I did too. So so I'm not saying like go cold turkey into like an ice bath. Um, but if you start off at normal temperature maybe a little cooler than you would normally have if you enjoy hot showers like I um, start off a little cooler and gradually just get cooler and cooler and cooler until there's no more hot water in there. And also, and you know, I'm a bald guy, so this, yes. it, it helps. Uh, your, your heat, like regulate it with your head first before you go to the rest of the body. That helps acclimate your entire body to the coldness. Um, but it's not fun, but it does give you energy. And it, it it just like very practically puts this into perspective of like, yeah, this, I, I hate this, this kind of sucks, but it gets the job done and you feel way better afterwards. Awesome. So now that actually speaks to like the Shinto origins of the Masogi though. You know, they, they told a story about that Shinto God that descended into the hells and he came back and he purified himself mm-hmm. under the, the waterfall. Um, you yep. are in essence simulating that in a very like weak sauce kind of way, but well, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah be like, be like a god, 
<laughs> right. Wow. Take a cold shower. Definitely. Wow. Oh wow. Um, fun fact that uh, that um, that Shinto god, his name is Izanagi. He is the first persona that uh, the protagonist in Persona mm. Four gets. So I fun fact. He shows up in a couple other. I did SMT not know games. that that like I wasn't. I didn't put that together. Like I'm glad that you managed to no. bring Persona into this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Another uncomfortable thing, date your nope. teacher. Ooh. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, don't do that. I mean, <laughs> and with that, we're and, done. Uh, we are canceled. Um, <laughs> oh, geez. Well, I, I think we have sort of run this thing through the, the ringer and then some. And I mean, like, honestly, mm -hmm. like, we could probably find more to talk about with this book. There's because there are just a ton of really interesting tidbits that we could like drill down on, but I, I, I just, I'm fairly confident in sort of like my own recommendation, but I think you guys would also like, this is a full stop, Absolutely. get, get this book, listen to it, like read it. Hale and Hardy recommendation. Yeah. It's, it, sorry. It, it, it definitely, affects you. it affects you. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and it's great. It's practical. It's entertaining. Um, you know, you had mentioned it earlier, but just got to throw it out again. Is the disclaimer that I would give is that there is language, and uh, and we don't agree with everything in the mm -hmm. book. That some the, his perspective on mankind is flawed, and so you do have to take a, a different perspective. You know, filter it through his origin story is a little bit filter, off. You know. Right. Yes, exactly. And that plays in a lot, man, anthropology, good stuff. Um, but you know, it, yes, definitely recommended. Yeah. yeah. Well, th that being said, awesome. uh, you know, I think we've, we've sort of wandered to and fro and I think it's, it's time to start wrapping this one up. Uh, James, before mm -hmm. we go, uh, you know, you're, you're on social media and the internet's, uh, would you like the listeners mm -hmm. of this show to be able to find you if they so cho choose to do so? Or would you rather just sort of remain anonymous in the depths of internet land? I, I'm on Facebook and that's honestly about it because I'm, I'm not really. Yeah. But if, if they, if they want to find me on Facebook, absolutely. I, I can't promise I'll be that exciting, but I do uh, occasionally post a list of books. I think you've seen them. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, w after I read something, I'll do a, a mini, uh, little james's thoughts on it and, and posted so yeah 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 those those have been great to follow um so we will have a link also you know you can easily search cool. you have two first names it's pretty yes, easy um, but uh <laughs> but also i'll have a link for it in uh the the episode notes okay. if you guys want to click over there so that you can become james's friend and and check up on the stuff that he's reading in his big thick stack of books that, and for what's coming yeah, up next. Yeah, absolutely. Follow me for more recipes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh man. I love it. Awesome. Well, if you dig what we're doing here, you know, it wasn't necessarily about video games, but it is certainly about stewardship and uh, just that whole, the, the culture that surrounds, um, entitlement things like that i think it's been a very good discussion if you liked listening to this there are tons of ways that you can uh support us uh we do have a patreon patreon.com slash the backlog breakdown if you want to check that out throw 
a dollar or two our way out. It's just think of it as like a tip jar if if that's something that floats your boat. And uh, of course, there's other ways that you can support by sharing with your friends uh, and letting you know t- just telling people about us, rating and reviewing on your podcast catcher as well would be very helpful. And then if you want to join in the conversation, hey, if you pick up the book, let us know. We'd love to hear it. Our uh, Twitter handle is at bbdowncast. You can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. Uh, we do have a Discord. There's a link for that in the show notes as well. And a Facebook group, the hashtag Backlog Book Club. Did you mention Discord? Okay. I did, yes. Dude, yeah, there's a link just, for you've that. You've got your little spiel, and I, I'm just so like, many things. I was like <laughs> I'm listening, and I'm like, you do such a good job. but And then I ruined it. Oh, I ruined it. Shucks. I'll be the ruiner this time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, James, uh, we're going to leave you with your perfect record of n- nothing but, ruined. Woot, woot. Well, uh, Josh, you, you almost <laughs> did forget that they can find you on mm-hmm. a more personal level. That's true. Where? Uh, general, all around the internet, I generally go by Broccolope. That's, so that's my last name with a P-E at the end. Like antelope and broccoli smashed together. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever on a plethora of platforms, mm. Twitter, uh, GG, PSN, et cetera. So yeah. Dig it. The places. You, you know what? I think it, I think it's been a good night. This has been mm-hmm. a heck of a conversation. I, I agree. I'm, I'm just tickled that you were actually able to make this work, James. Like, thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. I enjoy it. I lo- I, lo- I love talking books. Well, I, nice. I would love to. You, you know, when you get something interesting and you throw it at me again, we'll, we'll have to do something like this again. You know, as, as well. I mean, I tell you what. For anybody, I, I actually, I don't know why um, I kind of threw that one out there to to the internet. Uh, but I I love doing. I think my idea would be read books with people, anyways. Mm, yeah. So, uh, you know, even even if it's not something you guys end up discussing or something like that, it, if anybody wants to read along with me, let me know. And if you if somebody has a book, I'm I'm open to recommendations. I've just it gets kind of boring trying to find all this stuff on my own. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if anybody has something to throw out there. Well, but no, I, I love reading and discussing and everything like that. There's not a whole lot of that physically right here around me. So, yeah. doing it uh, virtually sounds fantastic. That's well, awesome. I I just a, a a bit of a last minute recommendation here. Um, I would actually recommend James, and now it's a little more adult. Um, but check out the the Black Company by Glenn Cook, and if you like that book, there's, I think seven or eight of them. They are pretty grim dark, but I enjoyed them very much. So at the very worst, you'll just be like, "Oh, here's a little bit of a picture into Nate's psyche. He's insane." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but I, and then you'll they, be they very were, uncomfortable. Then you'll be super like, we'll talk about like expanding that discomfort threshold. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, friend of the show, Eric Bryant recommended those to me and I, I really enjoyed the entire series. Uh, awesome. So they, like I said, they're very adult. You should not let your children anywhere near those books. Um, and, and it's yeah. not, they're not perverse, but it's just. They're a little grim. <laughs> so, Adult, yeah. Yeah. But, you know what makes me you know what makes me really happy? I really appreciate the fact that I just Googled it and it's Glenn Cook 
not Glenn Beck, like my mental, you know, like, like I heard you say. <laughs> I was like, Super I was like, how is it dark. that adult if it's Glenn, if it's Glenn Beck writing it? How bad can it be? No, uh, Glenn Cook was actually a combat vet, and a oh, lot wow. of oh, wow. the ways that he wrote those characters were reminiscent of like squad mates and things like that. Oh, so, yeah, which I found to be just absolutely. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a combat vet as well. So mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. kind of like, for me, I'm like, those are my people. Like yeah. those yeah. are dudes I know. Yeah. Like, um, so I just recommend those books. That's cool. That's uh, Josh, b- before we go, and I know we're now any community shout outs. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so over in the discord, you know, we're always talking about a bunch of random things. Uh, this past week it, we do have, uh, a specific channel just dedicated to, to hood rat stuff. I mean, weeb stuff. Um, and, stuff. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we were talking about magical girl anime. So that's always fun. Yeah, that was, a, I just threw it, up in my mouth a little bit. It was an interesting conversation and I'm just, I was judging you all. I want you all to know that I was judging you all. Um, No, we really, we do have, we do have a good time and sometimes it just seems to go off the rails. I mentioned how I don't like magic. That's where I draw the line. And then the, the conversation just happened. Well, you should watch this one. You should check out this one. This one's great. This is a deconstruction of it. And I'm like, guys, I said, I don't like it. I'm not going to watch any of this. Uh, so I thought it was funny, but yeah, no, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. Um, because I was not foolish enough to actually stick my foot into that particular bear <laughs> trap. I just yeah. watched and I was like, oh yes, yes Joshua <laughs> bait them. Um, but all that being said, w- gentlemen, I think, uh, we, we came here to sort of, uh, talk about this book and hopefully we've we've left sort of a bug in some people's ears and they'll they'll check it out and uh i think uh that's that's it so uh josh we've done everything that we came here to do what should they do guys keep beating down your book logs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits indeed